When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. Out of the tree of life, I just picked me a plum. You came along and everything started into hum. Still, it's a real good bet. The best is yet to come. Best is yet to come, and babe, won't that be fine? Think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. All right, old blue eyes. Wait till the warm I think we're going to see the sun later on today. Miserable morning out there right now. A lot of rain, a lot of sleet here on the Bernie and Sid Show on this Friday, February 25th. The last Friday in February, I would point out, which is uh, heartening because uh, pretty horrible two months, i got to tell you. Really, uh, particularly depressing two months january and february so it may be morning in america as they say uh the next month will bring spring and so keep keep hope alive ladies and gentlemen <laughs> listen about? to sid rosenberg he's he's a cynic he's uh he's you don't see the uh, glass half full you see the glass half empty do you not Yes, I do see the glass half empty. Yes, that that is true. Yes, I, and that's I, why you're snickering when I when I when well, I put out these sunny, uh, uh, you know, uh, prognostications, if you will. Well, yeah, because uh, I remember Morning in America was when Ronald Reagan took over for Jimmy Carter, and of course, you look back at Jimmy Carter, you had inflation. Oh, we've got that now. We had hostages in Iran. Oh, the world is on fire with a war in the Ukraine right now. We had all kinds of economic issues and, and all kinds of issues, and we've got that now. The difference is there is no Ronald Reagan on the horizon. That guy may be three years away. So while the weather will improve in a month, there is no morning in America. We're, no, no. we're in miserable shape. No, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. I'm just saying in the uh, smaller sense. In a, uh, a microcosmic sense. You know, you know what will make me happy in the next month? I'll be, and I'm being completely honest. Uh, I could really could speculate uh, for about a half hour. Yes. Go, go ahead, please. I'm going to make it very, very simple. And I mean this, and I know you know I mean this, from the bottom of my heart. They can fight all day in the Ukraine. The economy could get worse. Inflation can get higher. All these things, the market can almost crash. If you get better... And you're back in the studio sitting next to me. I'll take it. Well, that's very nice of you, Sid Rosenberg. That, uh, that of course, is coming, and uh, we look forward to that day. But that was a, a very sweet sentiment from I mean a guy who I, who I labeled as a cynic and <laughs> a pessimist and uh, seeing the glass half empty and all that stuff. That's very, very sweet. But uh, in the meantime, uh, despite the fact that it's nasty out there if you're in your car, uh, rain and sleet and all that stuff. It is Friday, and it is the last Friday in February, and those are good things, no? 
those are great things. And, um, it, it, you know, listen, March around the corner, then April, then good weather, maybe baseball. I know they're talking again today. They basically had four days of, of uh, deadlocks. And uh, baseball has announced that on Monday, if this thing is not done, they'll start, they'll start uh, canceling regular season games. I know there's a war in Ukraine, and, and baseball seems insignificant, but it doesn't to me. <laughs> I'm looking forward no. to warm weather and Met and Yankee baseball, no. so I'm watching that very, very closely. You know, and that's the uh, funny thing. You would think there was nothing else happening except this war. I mean, that, that's all anybody is talking about. Even the local news, they they spend like 10 minutes on this. You know, I mean, what, all of a sudden the world stops spinning on its axis? Nothing's going on? I mean, well, so, geez. look, anyway, let me just say this. Uh, as far as being stuck in traffic out there. Stuck in traffic? Stuck in traffic. People stuck in traffic going across Bronx. But imagine uh, being stuck in traffic in Kiev. Or imagine, say, h- here in New York City, we were under siege by some foreign entity, and they, they were t- trying to invade us, and the traffic report would sound like something like, uh, you have uh, southbound on BQE, uh, <laughs> disabled car in left lane, up in the Bronx, across uh, Bronx, westbound by Jerome Avenue. All lanes closed due to artillery shells. Please do something special. Please well, use alternate route if possible. Well, I mean, let me tell so you. It could no, be a lot worse. No, we had something like that, believe it or not. Uh, you have to date all the way back to 9-11. But I remember my father, in fact, was in his car. And he was making his way back to Brooklyn from Jersey City. And he was actually on West Street when the uh, planes hit the World Trade Center. So no bombs uh, nobody declaring war necessarily, but that was war, and it was here on our home soil, and the traffic that day was every bit as bad as it was in Kiev yesterday. So we're only about 20 years removed from actually experiencing that. Yeah, p- perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. But, hey, listen, speaking of bad, uh, and we'll get into this more a little bit. I just wanted to touch on it right now. Was uh, That was very funny, by the way. That was, you do a very uh, good Russian accent. You're very, very kind. The pessimist, <laughs> F- glass half empty. <laughs> I can't drink. Uh, look, uh, uh, with vodka, with vodka, no doubt. Uh, look, uh, Joe Biden yesterday, I mean, he, that, that speech was horrific that he gave in, in the middle of the day. And uh, But here's the thing. He imposes these sanctions on oh, Russia. You know, yes. he didn't impose the, some of, the, some of the, the main sanctions. Like, for example, Russia is still part of this international banking system. It's called SWIFT. Mm-hmm. Because Germany insisted that they stay stay in the uh, banking system. Right. I mean, that would really, really screw them up if you want to uh, impose harsh I'm, sanctions. I'm begging you to stop. I'm Plus, begging you. Listen, one more. One more. Yeah. Plus, uh, 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 Putin himself wasn't sanctioned. He's got all kinds of millions of dollars. Obviously, that's he's a thief. That's the answer. He's a kleptocrat is what he is. That's the answer. Well, no, you got two. That, that's a big deal. No, with no, this. but he, the first one doesn't matter. He doesn't care about his people. He doesn't care if they're broken online looking for toilet paper. No, he no, doesn't it, care. It would hurt his ability to, to pursue the war. Well, it, maybe, and, and yes. The fact that they didn't impose those sanctions is a head-scratcher, except when you consider that uh, Joe Biden is compromised. Compromat, compromat, we call in, uh, you know, in St. Petersburg. (laughs) He's compromised. I mean, there's something weird about that. And uh, so anyway, I just wanted to say no, that's that fair because we get of his the... son. I mean, you're right. The, the, the whole story was the, the, the mayor of Moscow's wife supposedly gave Hunter Biden a ton of money. Three and a half million bucks. There you go. But all these this, this sanctions talking, Bill O'Reilly did this yesterday. By the way, I got a beautiful text from Miranda Devine late last night who congratulated the both of us and, and said, and said, and the quote that I used on the show yesterday, 
Boy, did you give uh, Bill O'Reilly a beating yesterday. Are I'm just, you kidding? I swear, I'm gonna, well, you're not here, but I will forward you the text from Miranda Devine, yes. Oh, that's and nice. She, and she was happy because she agreed with you and I that, of course, this is Joe Biden's fault. You cannot say, you can't say, if the other guy was in charge, this wouldn't happen, and say, with this guy in charge, it is happening, and not blame this guy. You can't be both. If Donald Trump is in charge and it's not going to happen, but it happens under this guy, then certainly it's this guy's fault. You can't, you can't say both. But uh, anyway, unless you get to Putin and his bottom line, he doesn't care. You can sanction him up the ass. He doesn't care about his people. You have to make life miserable for Vladimir Putin to move the needle in any direction in this war. I really believe that. Oh, well, of course. I believe that myself. It's, it's, it's totally true. And one way to make him miserable is to uh, handcuff him in the you know the, the the pursuit of this war as i mentioned earlier uh, that would really hurt him and that that not not allowing him into this or to, to participate in this what they call it's called swift this banking international banking system that would really hurt him and they didn't do it yesterday and it's really a head scratcher but either way uh, I, I, i'm so sick of this we'll get into it more a little bit later we'll play some clips of the the imbecile in chief and him getting challenged he did take some questions and he sounded like a complete and total fool. He had no answers. They asked him about China, and he's like, I'm not going to comment. I'm not going to talk about that. No, he's actually, he actually verbiage he used. You ready for this? And this is perfect because it's actually true. I'm not prepared to talk about right. that right now. Exactly right. And he's not prepared. It was beautiful. People didn't pick up on that, but he's not prepared. All right. But what's but, funny, I tell you, what's funny about this whole thing is you got a sitting president of the United States, Joe Biden, talking to us every day about this. Then you've got a guy that's been out of office now for 16 or 17 months, and he is stealing every headline. President Trump, his voice, what he's saying the last couple of days is louder and bigger and even more popular than anything Joe Biden has said the last two days. And by the way, anything that he said uh, in the last while he was president regarding the topic of Russia, Germany, the pipeline, et cetera, et cetera, all of it was very prescient. He knew. He, he, he predicted it. And by the way, it didn't really take a rocket scientist, but it took a clear-eyed, strong man to say it and to say it to their faces when he met with them at these various NATO meetings, et cetera, et cetera. I think I have some of that stuff, too, coming up. But let me just say this uh, to digress from uh, Russia and Ukraine right now. A few other things. Uh, today, of course, the CDC is going to announce uh, that they're going to lift mask mandates uh, or, or their guidance, their recommendations to lift mask mandates. Of course, with the exception of kids, why should they Why should they be able to breathe? But uh, you're going to have that today. You, you also have, oh, speaking of CPAC, uh, speaking of Trump, uh, you have CPAC, and he's going to speak at this CPAC conference down in Orlando, Florida. It's going to be wild. It's going to be raucous. It's always fun, as you know. And he will. He, we will take out the old imbecile. You have Marco Rubio, Christy Noem, Dr. Oz, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. People like that will be speaking this weekend. It's going to be, uh, again, as I said, crazy. And here's another thing that you may not know, that today, Today, the Biden, uh, the Biden administration, Joe Biden, may actually announce his Supreme Court pick. Yes. Because what he said was, uh, we're going to do it by the end of the month. I think he wants to do it during Black History Month. And today may be that day. And uh, on the short list, you have uh, Oprah Winfrey. By the way, you don't have to be a lawyer to sit on the Supreme Court. You have Whoopi Goldberg. You have uh, Joy Reid, Gail King, Ebony K. Williams, people like that are on the short list. So don't be so shocked to see an out-of-the-box name come out of uh, the imbecile's mouth when he makes the announcement today. 
Uh, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not really sure if he's going to make it today, but the speculation is uh, because it is the end of, uh, you know, as I said, Black History Month, and he said the end of the month that it will be today. Also, Eric Adams, uh, he's facing some heat. He appointed a bunch of, uh, well, a bun- bunch of pastors to his administration who have uh, anti-gay marriage views, or yeah, yep. they had them in the past. Right. And so you had, and by the way, speaking of protests, th- there were protests against this. There were also protests, uh, pro-Ukrainian protests, all over the city yesterday. We'll get into that a little bit later. But here's one of the protesters protesting Eric Adams appointing these three ministers, who, by the way, are all people of color. And, and get this, when you say people of color, you, you can't say colored people anymore. But but you you have to say people of color. What is the difference? Is there, there, is, any, there, there it, is no difference. It's so stupid. It is so stupid. So anyway, they're all people of color, men of color, I would say. But here's one of the protesters screaming uh, about Eric Adams. Take a listen to this. His appointments say more about the mayor's values and his lack of willingness to engage with and serve the LGBTQ community in New York City in good faith. In November, we elected the most diverse city council in its history with clear shared values of inclusion, dignity, justice. (laughs) These appointments are the opposite of those views. We will prevail. We will prevail. Because justice and what is good and right and the God who made us clear is, 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 is on our is. side. Yeah. I'll see you at the tavern a little bit later. So that was these people out there. And uh, Eric Adams actually went on uh, Seth Meyers last night. We don't have that yet. He talked about this. But he also did a press conference. And he's oh, we do have it. Here's what he said on Seth Meyers about the whole uh, appointing these uh, anti-gay marriage pastors, who, by the way, may have changed their positions. Anyway, take a listen. When I voted for marriage, my brother-in-law told me you could never come back in my church again. He later apologized for it because he knew he knew he was wrong. And I spoke with him. We must move from the cancer culture to the consultation culture. We have to take people. Don't don't meet them where they are. See them where they are. Or I should say meet them where they are and take them with you. All of these, you know, people romanticize (laughs) now about marriage. But go back there and look what America was. President Obama was against marriage. Many of our elected officials oh were against God. marriage. So when I was standing on the Senate floor that. saying that, no, people have the right to marry the people they love, no matter what their gender may be. There were a lot of people in America and New York who demonized folks like me. Well now they came along. We should be in a position of converting people Missionary to position. be at the right place. Because we got more battles ahead of us. Doggy. That is what they call the, the phrase du jour these days is word salad. What the hell? I mean, he, he, he confused the hell out of me. And I'll say this. Uh, just, you know, keep it real. Keep right. It, I'm okay succinct. with it. Who cares? Right. But, but uh, here's all I took from that. Here's all I took from it. Just like when he called himself the Joe Biden of Brooklyn. Just like when he went out there and said all these nice things about some of the most horrible people you'll ever met, you'll ever meet. The only word I took out of that whole nonsense was Obama. He invoked the name of this is exactly what Obama thought. I mean, do you understand that every time this guy speaks, whether it's David Dinkins, Joe Biden, Barack Obama, he brings up some failed Democrat, some miserable bastard politician in making his point. I can't stand that about this guy. I don't want to hear about Obama or David Dinkins. 
Uh, well, in I this know it's Black History Month. Fantastic. I'm sorry, but please. But in this particular point, it, it does further his point. Uh, Barack Obama was against gay marriage as late as, I don't know, 2012 or something he like was, 2011. He was, he was, then he came along. And, yes, yes. yeah, and so the world, everybody, I was against gay marriage. I mean, I mean. You were? Yes, initially. I'm like, oh, well, my what, God. What, I, I, I said back in, during the time when we would, you know, it was an issue, we were debating it. I say, call it gay marriage. Just don't call it marriage. But really? The, but but then I've evolved. I'm like now I'm, I'm cool with it. Well, when was that? Because I've worked with you now for twenty something years. I, I never knew that about you. I don't really like that to be honest. I'd be mad at you. So when did yeah. when, when, when did you uh, believe that type? Of I that? would say uh, prior to twenty ten. In, in really? Days. When we worked yeah. together in the early two thousands on Imus, you were, you were in the Neanderthal like that. Well, yeah, I guess uh, oh, I don't yeah, know if I was yeah. a Neanderthal. Yes, you were. It, it's, yes. it's all about yes. semantics. It's no, no, all you, about, no, no, you were Neanderthal. It's all about labeling no, and it's semantics. Not. No, it's not. And of, of course, I've come, I've come full circle. And gay marriage, you love each other, you want to get married, it's fine with me. I'm cool with uh, that. We'll tell you this after the night that you and I had at the Bo Deedle's Christmas party. It does uh, seem a bit hypocritical of you to be critical of anything gay. Well, we, <laughs> well, we, were, we were single. We, we, oh, went, we went thinking of matrimony at the time. You're right. We you're were right. just thinking of, a, a, you know, having a good night. Having no, that's a good fun. point. You got, you're right again. But uh, listen, <laughs> I got to be honest. Yeah, there was a time when I was uh, against calling what they do. I was, I was all for a minister going up and saying, and now pronounce your man and wife. Right. Just call it gay marriage. Don't yeah. call it marriage in the traditional sense. That's what, what was my thinking back then. Right. And, of course, I have since evolved. Uh, to be honest, it's not that big a thing. It's not like you, you, you didn't want to see them get married or you hated them or you went out and hurt oh, somebody. On, you I know, love the gays. You kidding right. me? Well, hello? What happened? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, you have that. And listen, we have a great lineup today, Sid. Who is this uh, uh, lady who ran for Congress coming up at 740? I'll tell you, I met this lady yesterday. I stuck around to, to, for the uh, press conference on Black History Day. And as it turned out, because I was here, they put me on the air for another hour. I'm not kidding you, Bernie. I actually did 12 to 1 yesterday, too, before Greg Kelly. No kidding. Uh, but before I did meet her... Uh, this lady is a black lady who was a conservative. She's in the hip-hop industry, and she's a conservative. For example, she can't stand Snoop Dogg and all these people. She was a big-time basketball player at LIU. In fact, I think she scored over 1,000 points. So she's a genius. She's on the right side. She's a great athlete. She's a huge fan of uh, you and I. And again, she's a black conservative lady in America today, which is a beautiful thing. I love it. Okay, 740. What's her name one time? Janine Butler. Janine Butler, and of course, then we have the uh, assembly. Excuse me, the city councilwoman from Brighton Beach. Uh, she is a Ukrainian of Ukrainian descent. In fact, she was born in the Ukraine. She is now a city councilwoman, a Republican. We had her on before, and her name is what's it? Her name is Inna Vernikov. Inna Vernikov is yeah. coming up. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we have a uh, a great show for you. We're going to cover everything today. It is Friday, so uh, you know. Put that smile on your face, and uh, the rain is going to stop this morning. It's going to be sunny later today. And uh, next week is March on the Bernie and Sid Show. 1-800-848-9222. We're coming right back. Sometimes when this place gets kind Sound of the breath fades with the light. I think about the loveless fascination. 
Well, I just got a really nice text from Dr. Mark Siegel, who will join me and Bernard on Monday out of Fox News. He said, Sydney, do you want my Nick tickets for Sunday? 1 p.m. I can't go. You can take Gabriel. So, um, but the Knicks are terrible. Like, if they lose to the Heat tonight, they're going to be 10 games under 500. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's a party when you go to, I know. to the Garden. It is. It, it, it is. Really, really, it doesn't matter. I watch the games, and uh, Breen and hopefully Clyde, he's not there of late uh, too much, but uh, I enjoy the hell out of it. No, it's fun. Uh, now, when you go, like, uh, I sit in Corey Zelnick's seats, he is literally right behind Breen. Then uh, last week, I went with Bill O'Reilly. He is literally right behind Breen. Here's what I'm going to sound like a douche. Siegel's tickets are a little higher than that, so it's not the same experience. Oh if they're goodness. not good enough for you, I'll take Gabe if you oh don't boy. want to. What, what's, you what, bro, you what? didn't just say that, bro. You didn't just say that. I did. Uh, I'm not actually uh, – I can't actually trip a player running up the court, so uh, I don't want to go. Well, you know what it's like? For many years, Mitch Modell, my dear friend Mitch Modell, you like Mitch too, he, um, he always gave me his Yankee tickets. Me, Joseph Abood, Bo Deedle, a host of others. So his Yankee tickets, Bernie, were right behind home plate, but that wasn't even the issue. The best part of his tickets was if you got to the game early, you were allowed to eat inside this special Yankee dining room. And I'm telling you, Bernard, they had steak, they had lobster, they had shrimp, and they had something called the candy wall. So when you exited the dining room and made your way towards the seats, there was a whole wall filled with candy. And my kids were much younger, Avon Gabriel, and they loved it. So we, that's how we went to Yankee games, sit behind home plate, have steak and lobster, have the candy wall. And then a friend of mine gave me Yankee tickets six months later that were just regular tickets, you know. And yeah. my kids were miserable. Gabe is like, wait a second, Daddy, this is not the Yankee game we went to last time. I said, no, son, it is. Same team, same stadium. It's all the same, just different seats. He's like, it doesn't feel the same. <laughs> right. No, so they got spoiled. You know what yeah, I'm saying? No, I understand. I do. I, I, I've sat, of course, uh, courtside many times, many, many times back in the 90s and the early 2000s. And it is the same. And, and you do feel it. But uh, to articulate it, that takes it to another level. I know. Well, that's what say, I do. Yeah, that's, that's what people do- think. I'm, that's why people hate me. Dr. Siegel, your tickets aren't good enough. <laughs> well, Sorry. But, but, but what I can do is because I am very famous and beloved. I can take Siegel's tickets and still make my way down, and security may still let me sit downstairs. Maybe right, not right here, Tracy Morgan or Chris Rock, but better seats. What do you think? Or no chance? Well, I mean, you could, but uh, yeah. you don't want to be going to a game, uh, you know, uh, hanging your hopes on some security guard haggling, that Good type point. of thing. Yeah. You want to be ushered straight to the court, to, you know, to, to the court side. I think the, the, the best and, part. And treated like royalty. But I'm not court side. So that's, but the best part of this conversation is. Here's a guy who's a very, very big-time guy, right? He's a doctor. He's on television. He's all these, uh, he's all these great things. And uh, he just offered me his Nick tickets for a game on Sunday. And instead of me just saying, wow, thank you very much. I'd love to take Gabe. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It turned into a four-minute conversation about uh, how nicely Mitch Modell, Corey Zelnick, and uh, Bill O'Reilly treats me at uh, other games. <laughs> exactly. That is uh... That's why I'm a dick. <laughs> I know well, it. 
Listen, it's uh, refreshing to uh, – that's the first step into uh, maturing is to acknowledge your shortcomings. And yeah. uh, <laughs> we're witnessing your maturation right here well, in real time. By the way, that's the second consecutive day I've heard that. Valerie Bertinelli told me the same thing yesterday when I admitted to her that I'm shallow. And I do uh, talk about women in physical terms, which I probably shouldn't. So that's two days in a row, Bern. I'm making progress, yes? Uh, it, it seems that way. I mean, we could have setbacks uh, before the end of the show. I mean, we don't know. But right now, oh, it's uh, it's encouraging. Oh, you're funny. John, <laughs> you are funny. Uh, John Katsimatidis. Congratulations to John, by the way. He's uh, His show is kicking ass on this station. And F- justifiably, it's a great show, 5 o'clock. It is a great show. And uh, Sean Hannity is looking up at him. But um, John tells me that uh, Mitch Modell isn't well. I didn't know that. So um, I guess he's uh, right around the corner from us. I'll have to reach out to Mitch Modell. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Well, thank you for that, John. In fact, I haven't seen Mitch Modell since... I think the Hard Rock in Atlantic City a couple of summers ago. So well, didn't he? He hosted all those, uh, you know, football day, you know, on Sundays. He would invite You're all funny. these. F- you are funny. Wait a second. He would invite you, all the uh, high-profile sports guys to his house. You are funny. I lived in Tennessee. Lived in you. I know. I lived in Tennessee, New Jersey. To your point, Bernard, he lived in Alpine, New Jersey, right next door. Very, very fancy. He lived in this big, beautiful home, and yes. Once or twice during the football season on a Sunday, he would invite me and Sal Marciano and Warner Wolf and Ross Salzberg, all the old sports guys except for me. I was still a young guy, obviously. But he would have, like, Russian girls talking about Russia and the Ukraine. He'd have Russian girls giving massages while you're watching the game. Oh, snap. I swear to God, bro. And he had food and desserts and drinks, and the guys would smoke cigars. It was Lecherous. It was like something out of uh, Caligula. You know. Well, well, let me ask you: was, was there was there a champagne room, as they say? Um, you know what? No uh, comment. I, I. How about those mats? <laughs> you know, I, I met my girl, I met my girlfriend at one of those parties. Now, you, I think I think I met your girlfriend at one of those parties. Hey, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people met your girlfriend at one of those parties. How about that? Uh, traffic and sports is coming up next. Oh, right God. now, it is time for the seventy-seven WABC clip of the day. Listen to Greg Kelly today and every weekday afternoon at 1, from 1 to 3 p.m., actually. Here, Greg is all fired up about the left. And by the way, this is still America, and it's okay to talk about the election. It's okay to talk about race. It's okay to support the cops. It's unbelievable how the conversation has been hijacked, speaking of hijacked, hijacked by the left and dictated by them what you can say, what you can't say. It's wrong. This is still America. We have departments. We have the, the government works for us. Don't forget it. This is Sid on Sports. Oh my goodness. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. The Nets, back from the All-Star break, entered last night's action as the 8th seed, taking on the Boston Celtics. No Kevin Durant, no Ben Simmons, not just yet. In Brooklyn, taking on the Boston Celtics, and as you'd expect, they took it on the chin. Got blown out, 129-106. to Jason Tatum had a big night for the Celtics, 10 of 20 from the floor, en route to a game-high 30-point performance. Here was a highlight from Tatum last night. He's 6'9", 237, but he has a 7'6 wingspan. Oh! That's a man's jam! Jason Tatum! Oh, my! <laughs> 
That's a great call. That's my dear friend Ian Eagle on the call. Again, the Nets get blown out tomorrow night. They're in Milwaukee taking on the Bucks. The Knickerbockers start their second half later on tonight, hosting the Miami Heat nine games under 500 as the 12th seed at Madison Square Garden. The Rangers get their second straight win. They win last night 4-1 over Washington, and Zabinijad lit the lamp for the Rangers. Lafreniere drops one to Zabinijad. Shot. Score! A rifle shot by Zabinijad. Found its way through Samsonov. Beautiful drop pass. All right, so the Rangers uh, do get the win. The Islanders last night. Islanders get the uh, the 4-3 win. Loss. Loss. I see they, a shootout. They, that's right. They lost a shootout 4-3, but the Devils blew out the Penguins last night. That was a 6-1 win. Major League Baseball saying if by Monday they don't figure this lockout out, they'll start canceling regular season games. Sports brought to you by my dear friend Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Spoilers. Check them out today and every day. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. With sports, I'm Sid. <laughs> Shine, little glowworm, glimmer, glimmer. Shine, little glowworm, glimmer, glimmer. Lead us less too far, we wonder. Love, sweet voices calling yonder. Shine, little glowworm, glimmer. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Simulcast on an Eastern Long Island News Talk 107.1. Also, you can watch us at WABCRadio.tv on your smart TVs, on your computers. Uh, it's an interesting watch, uh, so check us out. Is that uh, uh, the lady, uh, Leah, is she going to be in studio, Sydney, at 740? Yes, uh, Janine Butler will be live in studio. She lives in Harlem, not far from where I live now, although I'm just about gone. So, yeah, she'll be live in studio at 740. Okay, so you can check that out. Uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation. She's uh, an African-American woman, ran for Congress, and she's uh, she's all over everything. It's going to be a great interview uh, ladies and gentlemen, this war in uh, Kiev and, excuse me, Ukraine, the Russians are invading. They're descending on you, uh, on Kiev or whatever it is. It's going to be a nasty, ugly, they're going to have an insurgency. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be just like, oh, maybe even a quagmire, as I pointed out yesterday, for uh, Putin. They were actually protesting in Moscow. You had anti-war protesters. Uh, remember, uh, remember Pussy Riot? Of Pussy course. Riot, yeah, th- that was uh, the name of a, a girl band. I think Pussy Riot was leading the uh, protest yesterday. <laughs> it's funny when Lester Holt says, and Pussy Riot was leading the protest uh, in Moscow yesterday, anti-war protesters. But uh, you had that yesterday, so it's not the smoothest uh, you know, situation for the crazy ex-KGB guy who wants to not only return to the old Soviet Union, he wants to return to the old Soviet empire you know, from the 1500s, which is... It, which is a lot larger than what the Soviet Union was, believe it or not. This guy is off the hook crazy. He's in his 70s, and he says, it's now or never. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go down in flames, or I'm going to go down in glory. And I think it's going to be flames. But either way, uh, you had the our old imbecile in chief yesterday uh, gave a press conference. Just so embarrassing. I mean, when he, of course, if he doesn't say anything or do anything, people say, where was Joe Biden? Why didn't he give a press but I think that the better part of discretion at this point is keep him off camera. Just keep him the hell off camera. He's just, I mean, just to look at him, is it's its, it's not only laughable, it's pathetic. But uh, listen to this. Uh, uh, you had this uh, conga line of uh, uh, losers, of incompetent uh, woke tards 
including Kamala Harris and the rest of uh, Biden's appointees, some cabinet members, whatever, they all said in the run-up to this war that these sanctions were meant to deter. And they said it just recently. They said it over the weekend. You had inexplicably Kamala Harris at a, a Munich security conference. I mean, what the hell is she doing? She slept away to the vice presidency. But nevertheless, she said that about sanctions. Other people did. As uh, proof, I'll play some clips. Take a listen to this. No one expected the no, no, sanctions cut nine, cut nine, to cut nine first. Cut, cut nine, cut nine. Go ahead. Go, go, go. Cut nine. No one expected the sanctions to prevent anything from happening. The purpose of the sanctions has always been and continues to be deterrence. The purpose of the sanctions in the first instance is to try to deter Russia from going to war. The president believes that sanctions are intended to deter. They're meant to prevent and deter a large-scale invasion. We want them to have a deterrent effect. The sanctions are designed in the first instance to try to deter Russia from taking further aggression. As well as our efforts to uh, both try to deter Russia uh, through sanctions. If you pull the trigger on that deterrent, well, then it doesn't exist anymore as a deterrent. Uh, okay, just play now you heard what they all said. All of them said yes. that. Play the beginning one more time just of Biden and then cut it off right after. Go ahead. No one expected the sanctions to prevent so, from happening. I mean, completely on the wrong page, all of them. It's embarrassing. They don't know what they're doing. It's amateur hour to have these people, these clowns that, that are obsessed with, uh, you know, race and woke wokeism and all this nonsense, having anything to do with uh, some sort of uh, military incursion and, and pushing it back or whatever is just a pres- prescription for disaster. Joe Biden was asked about China yesterday. Take a listen to this. Are you urging China to help isolate Russia? Are you urging China to help isolate Russia? I'm not prepared to comment on that at the moment. No. Uh, China, by the way, is, according to Gordon Chang, China is actually financing the uh, raid, the invasion, if you will, into the uh, Ukraine. And one more from the old imbecile talking about gas prices. Uh, Take a listen. I know this is hard and that Americans are already hurting. I will do everything in my power to limit the pain the American people are feeling at the gas pump. This is critical to me. But this aggression cannot go unanswered. If it did, the consequences for America would be much worse. America stands uh, shut up, up you to the Listen, stand- so uh, he says, that, uh, I will do everything in my power. We talked about it yesterday. Everybody's talking about it. You've got to restore the Keystone Pipeline. You've got you to restore the ability for us to pump uh, and drill on a, on these federal uh, these leases on these federal lands, including Anwar in Alaska. A bunch of people tweeted, Dan Crenshaw, the guy who wears the patch in Congress, he was a, a, a war veteran. He, he, he tweeted this, and it's true. There are many geostrategic lessons to be learned here, but one needs to be acted on with immediacy. American energy dominance, and then he concludes, oil, gas, and nuclear full speed ahead. If we have learned nothing from this is that, yes, that's the answer to uh, having leverage and not being dependent on all on uh, other people like Russia. We import 600,000 barrels of oil a day from Russia, from Russia. We're paying them. We're financing this war. I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever. It's actually it's 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 so counterproductive. It makes your mind spin. And there was another tweet that this guy uh, tweeted this. I'm not going to say his name because you're not going to know who he is. But anyway, while Europe has been obsessed with worthless green energy, Russia has been building pipelines. And then he concludes, everything woke turns to shizzle. 
and it is so true. Uh, Europe did. They, they con- converted. I, I mentioned this yesterday, Said that uh, uh, Germany went uh, solar panels, windmills, and all that. Yep. Guess what? No wind. There was no sun. There was no wind. <laughs> it was a disaster. Yeah. Gas prices rose, uh, you know, uh, almost exponentially. It's, it's still, it's a bad, in, they're in bad shape right now, and they're very, very dependent on Russia for oil. Uh, so uh, that, that's the lesson. And we just closed down Indian Point. No, we should be building more. I mean, that uh, you, you know, energy makes the world go round. Without without energy, without gas, without lights, we're screwed. And that could happen here uh, because these stupid morons listening to uh, Greta Thunberg and AOC and uh, John Kerry of all people, uh, the climate. You know, this guy John Kerry just yesterday gave an interview to the BBC. This uh, this uh, this guy who formerly who who had a face that looked like a deflated football, but he's uh, all full of Botox now, and I I guess he's he's a little different. I don't know. Anyway, just listen to this John Kerry, this clueless moron, talking to the BBC in the middle of uh, two days after the uh, Ukraine invader, one day after the Ukraine was invaded by Russia. Listen to this. Massive uh, emissions consequences to the war, but equally importantly. You're going to lose people's focus. You're going to lose certainly big country attention because they will be diverted. And and, uh, I think it could have a damaging impact. So I hope President Putin will help us to stay on track with respect to what we need to do for the climate. So so despite the fact that he invaded Ukraine and it's a a terrible war crime and, uh, you know, it, it violates all civility and norms, global norms and all that stuff. I hope he stays focused on climate change. Oh, I'm sure he will, uh, stupid John Kerry. And by the way, Putin, uh, they are killing women and children in the streets. 137 civilians died yesterday. Climate change doesn't mean much. But again, uh, just to remind folks, it was John Kerry. He was the architect behind the Iran deal, which to me is a lot worse than what he said yesterday. So he's a guy that I actually used to like. I remember when uh, I started IMIS with you way back when in the early 2000s. I kind of liked John Kerry. But uh, the last couple of years between the Iran deal and what you played yesterday, he really is a, a bad guy. He's a bad guy. Uh, yeah, a bad, clueless guy uh, who or rides private jets and all that stuff. Yeah, back in the day, he was a, a, a great friend of the I Miss the Morning Show. I mean, I was pretty tight with him myself, yeah. as you were. Uh, we actually uh, broke bread at one point. And I, I'll never forget the day we got fired uh, at uh, WFAN, MSNBC, Uh he somebody paged me from the control room. Uh, you know, come to the control room. You got a phone call. It was John Kerry calling up to say, "This is terrible. This is horrible." This is a, that's a, that's how close we were. But uh, the guy, uh, nevertheless, I mean, the the the, the tone deafness of uh, to, to, to say that. Let, let's hope Putin keeps his mind on climate change while he massacres civilians in a uh, sovereign country. Uh, and one more. Uh, Britt Hume, he, he, he summed it up best, and he had some passion in his voice when he talked about Joe Biden. You want to help people out at the pump, the home heating oil prices. There's one thing you have to do. Listen to Britt Hume. We need to unleash our energy sector. Biden has put shackles on it. He's shut down pipelines. He's, he's uh, cut, cut off drilling and so on. We need to have that flowing full speed for yes. two reasons. One is to supply our own energy supply, uh, uh, sector, our own economy well, and also to give us the chance to shore up Europe's uh, energy supplies if there's a cutoff from, from, from Russia. Russia pumps out all that natural gas in there. The Nord Stream pipeline has been stopped uh, for now. 
but we, we, are, we are exporting liquefied natural gas to there now, and we could do a lot more of that, and that would help Europe and strengthen Europe. Exactly right. And uh, where are the reporters asking that question? Aside from uh, Ducey, Ducey's got to do the heavy lifting for the nation while the other idiots ask stupid questions. And uh, speaking of cluelessness, there was uh, one lady, one wretch, one magpie, one witch on The View who, uh, well, she thinks the war is a little bit inconvenient for her. Listen to Joy Behar. Estimates are 50,000 Ukrainians will be dead or wounded and that this is going to start a humanitarian crisis, a refugee crisis in Europe. We're talking about five million people that that are going to be displaced. I mean, it's it's heartbreaking to hear what is going to happen. Well, I'm scared of what's going to happen in in Western Europe, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just you plan a trip. You want to go there. I want to go to Italy for four years. I haven't been able to make it because of of uh, the pandemic. And now this, you know, it's it's like who's going to what's going to happen there? Yeah. Yeah. So Italy is counting its blessings. Uh, That's the silver lining to the war is that uh, that witch won't won't be able to travel (laughs) to the boot. She won't be able to go to the boot and do whatever the hell she does, scare the hell out of people. I don't know. These people just make me sick, the whole lot of them. You know, uh, uh, Russia's uh, biggest exports, uh, What the first one is wheat, food. That's their biggest export. I mean, right. we are so dependent. Europe is so dependent on them. The, their second biggest export is timber and then coal, and then you have the oil and gas situation. So, What about uh, nail ladies? Yeah, nail ladies and strippers. <laughs> are you kidding me? I mean, please. I mean, I've been to Brooklyn many, many well, times. I read, I, read the, I read the top five, not the top ten. <laughs> Uh, they, they they come, uh, they they come in. I think it's seven and eight or something like that. There you go. Yeah, Russia is. Uh, you know, we depend on Russia for a lot of things, and especially Europe does as well. And that's the, that's the point. We have to be self sufficient. You can't be dependent on anybody. And yeah, full speed ahead. The new Green Deal is completely dead and responsible probably for this war, but we got to get the uh, oil, gas, the pipelines, the drilling. And nuclear power. Nuclear power is clean. We need it. We need it in a bad way. And uh, I don't know if we're going to get it. one 800 on the Bernie and Sid Show. We're coming right back. Seventy-nine, Smashing Pumpkins. They had me dancing just now on the uh, on the screen. You know, if you go to my Instagram or Bernie uh, and Sid Instagram, the Bernie and Sid Show Instagram is at its Bernie and Sid. 
at it's Bernie and Sid. My Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney. At Rosenberg.Sydney, you'll see a three-minute video of uh, all of us dancing. Now, a lot of these are old clips. Uh, Bernie's in studio on some of these clips, and obviously he hasn't been here for a little bit. But um, it is hilarious. I'm dancing, Bernie's dancing, Luke and uh, Justin and Frankie and the whole crew. About three minutes long. Check it out. I was dancing just now. Got some skills, yo. Uh, you do. You looked uh, very, very sexy in some of those uh, dancing scenes. So uh, We are back for hour number two on this Friday morning. It was a great hour number one. We've got a couple of really good guests stopping by today. I couldn't help but notice the back page. Nothing to do with Ukraine-Russia. But as, uh, as bad as things are here in the United States, and they're bad, there's no question. Again, for the millionth time, problems at the border, inflation, uh, race uh, issues here Crime. in the United States. All that, right. Um, when you look at the back of today's New York Post, you come to the crashing realization very quickly that even with things going very poorly now and this idiot Joe Biden in charge, we are still by far the greatest country in the world because you got pictures of four men on the back of today's New York Post. One being Al Michaels, one being Joe Buck, one being Troy Aikman, and one being most recent Super Bowl head-winning coach Sean McVay. And the amount of money, Bernard, that is being offered to these four guys. Don't forget, Tony Romo makes $18 million a year. The amount of money that is being offered to these four guys for next football season, whether it's NBC, ESPN, ABC, is unbelievable. They may actually convince Sean McVay, who's a young guy, to retire and go to the booth because the money is so overwhelming. So say what you want about the United States and everything going on. Where else in the world can you make $18 million a year to call a three-hour football game? If you're a white man. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> Did you have to go there, Brian Flores? No, but it's, it, it is true. It is, uh, it is the greatest country. Come on. We talked to Dr. Ben Carson yesterday. The guy grew up in abject poverty only to become a uh, brain surgeon and uh, part of uh, you know a presidential administration. So white man, black man, you can do it here in this country. That's right. It is the greatest country on earth. Put your head, to, put your nose to the grindstone. And make something of yourself, uh, you know, uh, forego the night of partying, study hard, and uh, it'll happen for you. This is also uh, the country that will allow you to commit crime and still walk the streets. We're a very, very forgiving country. <laughs> a very stupid country in a lot of ways. <laughs> exactly. And also the country where you can uh, basically steal money, allow people to die, and uh, serve, serve uh, uh, in public office and do a horrendous job, horrendous job, and yet... Come back with a second chance. And that is the latest news with Governor Andrew Cuomo. A lot of people are very upset this morning, especially loved ones who lost people, the 18,000 that he let die because of his horrendous policies during COVID, are very upset that Andrew Cuomo now has a commercial coming out where he's boasting, he's literally boasting about being exonerated with these sexual harassment charges that now will have been dropped and uh, it looks as though, in fact, you could bet on it, he is going to make a political return. So nice try, Letitia James. This one didn't seem to work. Wow. That is uh, hubris, as, as you people say, uh, Sydney. Chutzpah. <laughs> Chutzpah, yes. That is unbelievable. That, uh, he, really, a commercial coming out where he says, ha, 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 you didn't get me. I didn't do it. I mean, the smug thugs, uh, uh, you know. His 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 obnoxious ways knows no bounds. I, uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, I really do despise that man. Oh, so do I. I. And I hate his brother Chris just as much. But the bigger question is, you know, yes, he can run again. You know, and that was part of the problem. Don't forget, you know, 
Now, people said we, we need to make sure he can't run again. That's why these charges had to stick above and beyond leaving the office in humiliation, which he did. He was never giving back the $5 million for the book. You know I, I remain steadfast with that, Bernard. Yeah. But, but the big deal was to make sure he couldn't run again, like the Democrats are trying to do with Donald Trump in 2024, based on January 6th, while they've been unsuccessful. So the bigger question is, can he win? Can he win? Uh, well, listen, in New York State, the electorate is so... Uh Dumb. They are, you know, we are experiencing uh, some sort of awakening, as they say, an epiphany among the electorate, maybe. Uh, but can he win? I think he can. He, you oh know what God. he represents? He represents, believe it or not, as detestable and repulsive and odious as he is. <laughs> he represents really the moderate wing of the Democrat Party, not the woke wing, though he caved and pandered to the woke wing. He represents that old school Democrat uh, mentality, which people are fine with. Uh, they're not fine with the woke tards, but and he's not that. Again, he caved to them and he sucked up to them. But he so so maybe you know they'll look the other way with uh, all these personal transgressions, to put it politely, and say, yeah, I'll pull the uh, trigger for him as as opposed to the Republican because he represents uh, again sanity in the Democrat Party. I don't know. I really don't know. But it's possible. It is possible. I think you're right, and that's uh, the scariest part of all. As we you know, we get ready. We, uh, you know, this show is doing very, very well. I'm not going to go into the ratings and all that stuff because I haven't given permission to do it just yet. But the show is doing very, very well. And I was having the conversation yesterday that above and beyond the fact that Bernie and Sid are household names in New York City, Bernie dating back three decades ago with I Miss Me, two decades ago, plus a double hit man stuff, all that stuff, is that uh, these are serious times. We're, uh, we're pretty honest guys. Uh, neither one of us claims to be... A uh, TV talking head. I mean, you are a very, 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 very smart guy. We know this a long time. You're great with this. I'm your average guy. You know, guys like me that like sports, like movies, like TV. Got into politics six, seven years ago, basically right before Donald Trump. There's a lot of guys like me who are first getting into this, and I don't claim to be, you know, Britt Hume or, uh, you know, even um, Brian Kilmeade. There's a lot more guys like me than those guys, and that's part of the appeal with this show. And now when you consider... That November 2022, we got a gubernatorial election here in New York, which is huge, and then a presidential election in 2024, which is even bigger. Uh, if anything, this show will even get bigger and more popular because the next two or three years, we are looking at a very, very important time, both locally and nationally. It really is. It's, it's a critical, crucial time. It's a pivot, pivotal time in the history of this country. Uh, will we continue along the path of suicide? Again, the, the Green Deal, these uh, lenient crimin criminal justice policies, or will we wake up? And I think we've seen a lot of signs of people waking up, getting religion, and saying enough of this crap. You, you, I mean, you see people who are you, you used to embrace it. And in, in the wake of the George Floyd uh, death, people embraced this idiocy, this lunacy, when it was clear to people like you and me that it was completely su suicidal, stupid, nonsensical. Uh, but those people now have finally come around saying, yep, you know what, you were right. You see a lot of examples of that around the country with the, for example, the DAs in, in, in Los Angeles, in San Francisco, and right here in New York City with Alfred Bragg. A bunch of people quit. A bunch of people quit in L.A. Yep. Uh, all, and in fact, Gascon in L.A., the, the lenient DA there, this George Soros back, a crazy guy, he, uh, I think it's like over 90% of the people that were polled who worked for him they want him out. And the same thing with uh, the Chesa Bodine in San Francisco, who is the son of terrorists. 
uh, they have a recall petition, and it looks like that will succeed. And, and, and all the, his, his former employees are out there leading the charge to get him recalled. So a lot of examples like that, the school board in San Francisco, and you know all the parents speaking up. Uh, you see it uh, in people in the streets when they talk about crime. People, you know, they just realize we need the police. We, yep. we, we, we respect the police. We want the police. We don't want to defund the police. We want to put the criminals in jail. People are waking up to that prospect, and it's not a racial thing whatsoever. It's just the people who are doing the crime. We want them locked up. Well, that is a racial thing when MSNBC covers it, and now Sharpton is their front line and center. Or uh, If you missed the news this morning, uh, you talked about you talked about George Floyd just now, and we all know, of course, that the coverage and what happened in the streets was exaggerated, much like COVID. Everything was exaggerated. Well, the latest news is, don't forget, it was not just that one cop who had his knee on George Floyd's neck. He's going away forever, that guy. There were three other cops on the scene that day, and all three were found guilty. All three. So now you got four cops on the scene that day, and we set this country on fire, and still do, still do. All four cops have been found guilty of, uh, of some crime that day, and that is the latest. I guess Al Sharpton was kind of celebrating this morning. Yeah. that. Uh, or, but, but, but from day one, from day one, that was going to be the case. I never heard anybody, anybody make an argument for any of these cops, anybody. That's what, exactly right. They were all arrested uh, that day. That uh, Derek Chauvin faced the death penalty that day when he was arrested. Right. What more did you want? What more? You had an attorney general... Uh, that Keith Ellison, the Jew-hating, uh, he's a black guy, Jew-hating guy, a friend of the criminals. Well, that guy uh, out of the great state of Minnesota, that jerk-off at one point was number two in the Democrat Party, right behind Tom Perez. Right. He he led the, uh, the, the, the Democrat National Committee. Right. Believe it or not. But, so you had Der- Derek Chauvin facing the death penalty, and then we went, they went on to riot in the streets. Why? Why? The stats didn't show that there were, uh, you know, any... You know, that the, the cops weren't randomly stopping and killing black young black males, though the media portrayed it that way. Black Lives Matter portrayed it that well, way. Well, they still do. And I'm- we had a major overreaction. You had uh, corporations succumbing to the blackmail of Black Lives Matter, donating to them. bunch of cowards kicking the cops when they were down, actually. Yeah, otherwise smart people just saying, "Oh, yeah, okay, you're right." Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. but they never come back and apologize. Like they, they they deified Michael Brown, who was a thug in a low life, and quite frankly deserved to die that day. He just did. Uh, same thing with some of these other people. I can tell you when I went after Errol Lewis on Twitter, and I asked the Bernie and Sid Army that day to defend us, and in huge numbers, Bernard, in huge numbers, they did. It was really beautiful to watch. But there were a few people that took shots at me. Oh, look at this big talker, big mouth. This is the guy that says January 6th meant nothing. In the meantime, five cops died that day. What? No cops died that day. One cop died that day of natural causes. But, but... People believe these things. They hear it somewhere. No one goes out and corrects it. It's not like one of these Democrat or liberal media people goes out and says, well, the truth is he was a bad guy. The truth is nobody died. So they believe this stuff. No one corrects it. Yeah, that is the problem. And, and, and then, again, yeah, the media does that. And, and they perpetuate these this what, what, the, the term is your misinformation and disinformation. They perpetuate it and they, they, they like it. And, again, it's all cowardice. It's all cowardice. Uh, you have the sports organizations uh, kowtowing to these these organizations. People who otherwise should know better. People like Roger Goodell. People like Rob Manfred. 
Uh, and the, the, you know, the leaders, the, the CEOs of Coke and uh, all these right, organizations. Just be careful, though. When you say they should know better, the, you say that, but let, again, at the, at the risk of being repetitive, their job is very simple. They need to make money for the owners. They need to make money for the league. The NFL has never been healthier in terms of finances. So even though you say they know better, Roger Goodell is doing his job, and he's doing it in a big, big way. His job is to make money for the owners and keep the NFL as popular as ever, and he's doing that. So if it means if it means going out there and lying about something like this, he's still doing his job. I'm but, not commending him, but I'm telling you he's doing a great job for the owners of the NFL. That's why he makes $50 million a year. If it means kicking the police in the uh, teeth <laughs> while they're down. That's his job. And uh, perpetuating a, a mentality out there that leads to the deaths of black of, of minorities in the inner city for the most part. Because those are the people who suffer the most when crime goes up. Uh, uh, well, then, yeah, I guess he is doing his job. I mean, he's, he's got a league he, that 80-plus percent of his players are black, and a lot of those players are morons, quite frankly, and they believe that he's, he's fighting the worthy cause. So he's remaining loyal to his constituents, his players, his owners, and doing his job. Again, not exactly a profile of courage. No, he's a despicable uh, right. coward. Agreed, is is. agreed. But he's great at his job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess you could look at it that way, if, if in terms of uh, you know uh, you know income for the league and I, all I, that but stuff. A hundred million people just watched the Super Bowl. A hundred million people. You know what? Uh, Luke Legrano could be uh, the the chairman of the uh, NFL, the commissioner, yeah. commissioner of the NFL, and uh, you would have still had that many people tune into the Super Bowl. I couldn't agree more. Totally agree. And at the same time, you wouldn't have turned people off at the halftime show. But until somebody replaces him and gets those same numbers, right now he gets to, 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 to boast and beat his own chest and all that stuff. But he's a horrible person. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and, uh, and you saw that across the country, that type of, uh, that type of uh, you know, really spineless behavior, you know, just caving. You see signs, of, you know, I support Black Lives Matter. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. So, and now the, the tide has turned. You don't see that anymore. You don't see BLM, you know, being uh, painted on the ground on the streets of cities no. or in in uh, sports venues or anywhere as a matter of fact quite the contrary you have states going after BLM saying you can't raise money anymore we want to know what you do with the money you, you already raised that's right so the tide has turned there as well but but never forget when the chips were down these cowards they they actually sided with the with the with the racists with the cop hating racist and remember that you can never forget it. When the chips were down, these cowards sided with the bad people. That's right. It's going to be great to talk to Janaya Butler live in studio coming up at 740. Ran for Congress, African-American woman, but she's a conservative. And what she saw from Snoop Dogg made her sick during that Super Bowl. She'll be a great in-studio guest coming up at about 740. Inna Vernikov, she's been on with you and I many times before, city councilwoman in Brooklyn. Right there in that area of Sheepshead Bay, Brighton Beach, which is heavily populated by both Ukrainians and Russians. She'll stop by this morning as well. We've got one more guest. Uh, who else is it? Uh, Vernikov? Uh, Mayor Butler. Giuliani. Yeah, you're missing the big, oh, you're missing Rudy. The big kahuna. Rudy. By the way, Rudy, you should know this. I didn't reach out to Rudy. Bernie didn't reach out to Rudy. Rudy texted Jennifer Grodd yesterday and said, I want to come on with Sid and Bernie. Just so you know. So. 
That's you uh, love it. That's the pull you've got me and you, Bern. America's mayor. That's right. Yeah, we got some juice. Yo. <laughs> we got some uh, juice. America's mayor, the man yes. who saved more black lives in, 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 than anybody I could point to single-handedly than anybody I could point to in the country while he was mayor because of his uh, criminal justice policies. That man was a savior to a lot of people, a lot of uh, minority people. And, uh, again, after 9-11, we know what he did. He's just a great guy. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Already been a great 80 minutes. Lots more to do Friday morning. Bernie and Sid, only right here on the highly rated Talk Radio 77, WABC. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Friday, I'm going to deviate away from Ukraine uh, for a commentary about what's happening in the USA politically. So few agree with me, but I believe progressive power in this country is on the decline. It's a theory, but the apex of the progressive movement occurred when Joe Biden took office. As the president has demonstrated, he is in the pocket of the progressives, but that pocket is developing a... Here are some of the things progressives have hurt in America. The economy. The Green New Deal has led to higher prices for just about everything. The justice system. It has collapsed in many cities because criminals are not being punished. Public education. Woke policies, including critical race theory, are harming children. No question about that. The entertainment industry. Hollywood is on the verge of irrelevance because creativity is being destroyed by woke executives. Television news. Progressives ran CNN, and it collapsed under the weight of corruption. Public debate. Progressive gutter snipes on Twitter and Instagram try to destroy people, so people don't speak up. In fact, I can't think of one thing the progressive philosophy has improved in the USA. In the end, I think folks are beginning to smell the latte. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Of course, we're heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. It's a great app. The programming on this station is so entertaining all day long. It's fantastic. You can also listen to us out on eastern Long Island and points east from there on News Talk 107.1 FM. And you can watch us. Our next guest will be live in studio. Uh, You can watch us on WABCradio.tv on your smart TVs, on your computers. And, uh, you know, uh, Sid, uh, uh, Kiev is under siege, essentially. They may take it, the Russians may take it in a matter of today or tomorrow or over the weekend. But uh, Louis C.K., hmm. Louis C.K. actually has a couple of uh, dates to perform yeah. over the weekend. Yeah. And he says he's going to go through with it. Yeah, this is a different type of bombing for a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> very good. He's bombed before. Um, well done. You thank you very he, much. You thank you. He, you don't think you don't think you can pull it off? 
Uh, I, 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 think, I think what he did there, I think it's, uh, it's nice. It's nice that Louis C.K. wants to act as if, but, uh, again, it is the capital of Ukraine. It's under siege. I'm looking at pictures right now on, on varying networks of, uh, you know, wreckage and 137 people dead, 316 injured, most of those civilians. So while it's uh, very courageous of Louis C.K. to say something like that today, it's uh, idiotic, to be honest. I'd like to <laughs> – he could end up in a uh, Russian prisoner of war camp. There you go. And uh, then he's free to do whatever he wants to do, right? I, 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 oh, there he is. I actually, yeah. like, I actually like Louis C.K. You know the whole story. If you don't, folks, he would – he had this obsession. He would masturbate in front of women. And um, for many, many years, nothing happened. He just kept doing it. And then during the whole Me Too movement – he became uh, collateral damage, if you will, and deservedly so. What he did was creepy and gross and disgusting. But he has been given a second chance. A lot of those folks uh, were never given a second chance. He has, which I'm okay with. You too, right, Burn? Absolutely. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah, he, he deserves a second chance. I mean, what did he do? He didn't rape anybody. No. I mean, what he did was skeezy. It but, was gross. Uh, right. Yeah, it was but he, gross. But he didn't, he didn't tie him to the boiler. He didn't push him on the floor. You know, he, he, maybe he used his status, very Bill Clinton-like, which, again, is is wrong. No, no one's saying what he did was okay, but it also should not have been a, you know, a, a lifetime cancel. Not at all. Not at all. It's not no. he shouldn't not Harvey the, Weinstein. Shouldn't get the death sentence for what he did. Hey, listen, uh, in the New York Post, uh, this columnist, and he is uh, he can be vicious, this columnist. His name is John Pud Horitz. He is vicious. And he talked about the Biden speech yesterday, which was nothing short of Awful. It was it was just awful to watch him. I mean, feeble, weak, and, and some of the substance of it again, it, inexplicable. No sanctions, no. N- allowing Russia to, to participate in the international banking system called SWIFT. And not to get into too much detail because it's boring, but uh, he said that Biden's speech wasn't inspiring. He said it was dispiriting. And, and one of Biden's lines was, "America stands up to bullies." Which is such a trite, stupid cliche. I mean, and then he points out Putin's not a bully. He's an, an ambitious freaking lunatic is what he is. Uh, but, but either way, it was just embarrassing. Uh, Peter Ducey asked uh, uh, Jen Psaki yesterday about, you know, Biden, Biden uh, insists that he con- he's concerned about the rising price of gas, the rising prices of heating home oil, uh, home heating oil, excuse me. Uh, Ducey asked Psaki about it yesterday. Listen to this. There's this talk about a possible forecast for financial pain, particularly at the gas pump for Americans. Um, The president said today the notion that this is going to last for a long time is highly unlikely. Would he try to ensure that by lifting some of the restrictions that he's put in place on the energy industry or rethinking some projects like the Keystone Pipeline? Well, first of all, the Keystone Pipeline is not flowing, so I'm not sure how that would solve anything. There's also plenty of oil leases Idiot. that are not being tapped into by oil companies, so you should talk to them about that and why. So, I mean, such, such a condescending, uh, insulting uh, – I mean, I just – I hate that lady. <laughs> you really do. You hate her. her. I mean, yeah, the, 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 the Keystone Pipeline w- would allow oil to flow. And it's not it funny because pl- you shut it down. Exactly. It was on the way to being uh, completed. And you stopped it, you moron, for what? Because you're afraid of AOC? As somebody said yesterday on the show, he's being led around by the nose 
by the left, by AOC and Greta Thunberg. Well, not somebody on the show. The person who actually said that was, uh, in brilliant fashion, Lindsey Graham, which you played yesterday. Oh, exactly right. That's yeah. right. Lindsey Graham. Dare said. You. But that is the money question. Are you, are, you, are you that concerned about the price at the pump and, again, home heating oil that you will reverse those policies? Let's take a wait-and-see attitude on that. Beautiful girls all over the world. I could be chasing, but my time would be wasted. They got nothing Thin on you, baby. baby. Yeah. Nothing on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing on you. Back here on the Bernie Show. Heard everywhere at 77 WABCF simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Sid, were you supposed to bring us back? Or uh, Yeah, I was, but that's all. My, just... my bad, my no, bad. No, okay, I'm waiting for Janine Butler. I just saw the car pull up, and I saw her enter the building. It's a She's miserable day. She's walking in as we speak, baby. She's walking as we speak. It's a oh, miserable day. It's rainy. It's sleety. It's icy. It's snowy. It's, uh, it's gross, uh, but she is here. Uh, she is our um, first guest of the day. We got some really cool guests stopping by in a Vernikov, of course, out of uh, Brooklyn. She'll join us coming up at eight forty, and we'll talk to the esteemed mayor himself. Host every day from three to four, right here on Talk Radio seventy-seven WABC, Woody Giuliani. But we are joined in studio now by Janae Butler. Now, I, I had the opportunity to meet you yesterday. Uh, I stopped by the the um, I guess it was a press conference. For Black History Day, hey, buddy, and uh, Black History Month, mm-hmm. and uh, you were there, Absolutely. and you were very, very nice, came up to me and said, hey, big fan, love to come on the show. You explained who you were, your position, and we don't get to meet a lot, a lot here in New York, a lot of successful African-American ladies who are on the right side of things. And I say right, I mean both right in terms of direction and right in terms of policy. Thank you. Like you are. So it was a pleasure meeting you, and welcome to the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. Thank you. One of my favorite shows on WABC. So, you know, I just love that. What what, what, what do you mean one of your favorites? Well, you know, because Mr. Katz. No, no, stop. We're your favorites. Mr. Katz, you know. He he could be second. (laughs) Say hello to Bernie. Bernie's on the phone. Hey, Bernie, how are you? (laughs) I could be a lot worse. I'm uh, honored (laughs) to have you in studio. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, he was excited to, to have you on when he heard who you were. And mm-hmm. uh, by the way, Catch is our favorite show too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, tell us, tell us. Uh, you know, when he came up to me, he said, "Listen, I'm uh, I work in the hip hop industry. We've been complaining for weeks on this show about Snoop Dogg and those lyrics in the halftime show. So it was refreshing to hear this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Tell us a bit about your history. So, um, my name is Jania Butler. I'm the president of the Hip Hop Union. Graduated from Long Island University, Brooklyn, Hall of Fame basketball player. Richie Parker. You yes, scored more yes, points than yes, Richie yeah, Parker, absolutely. I think. Thousand points, thousand rebounds, <laughs> wow. went into the Hall of Fame. 2007, um, have always been an avid hip-hop fan, and so I just used my studies to kind of figure stuff out, created the social services of hip-hop, then into the hip-hop union, and what we do is we identify and remedy problems that affect the growth of the hip-hop community, so the urban community across the country. So I've been working for Reverend Jesse Jackson for the last 15 years, so I've been a Republican. Right, right. No, no, no interesting, to because I t- and Bernie, I told you the story that years ago when we hosted the Super Bowl in New Jersey, I was working in Miami at the time, but I came home and I did some shows from Radio Row, and we had a friend, me and Bernie back then, her name was Tamara Holder, mm-hmm. and she worked for Fox News, and she got Jesse Jackson to sit on my show, and I was surprised because... You know, all the comments he made in the past and, and that if he's a Democrat, but he seemed to be a little more rational. And you told me yesterday that he actually agrees with a lot of your philosophies. Great man. Um, great man. Um, very, 
very intelligent, you know, um, very strong and has held the line for the longest time. And I think that what you don't hear, what I see and what you don't hear is that, you know, the freedom. Right. So he respects me because, you know, I have my own mind, you know, but but let me just say this. It, I think the one of the things that we need to look at is that as an African, a black woman. Right. Nobody asked me what my political affiliation was for years, maybe seven, eight years. You know, they just assumed that I was a Democrat. And I watched them and I say, do I not have a choice as a black woman? And my is my only choice to be a Democrat as a black woman. Right. You know, and that's the big problem in the African-American community. But then when we had the conversation, Reverend Jackson was really able. Reverend Jackson was really able to say to me, all right. You know, I understand your point of view, and he's been opening up more to Republican things because I mean, we need allies on both sides. Of, of course, that field. yes. Now, by the way, put those on so you can hear okay. Bernard because Bernard is on the phone. Obviously, sure. oh, he's on the uh, the board. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Bernie, hop on in here, pal. Hey, yeah, Janaya Butler, of course, uh, head of the Hip Hop Union. You ran for Congress as a Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know you heard the name Winsome Sears. Uh, she is the you know mm-hmm. a black lady down the lieutenant governor in Virginia. And uh, we love her, and it sounds like uh, you are so somewhat similar to her. Let me ask you this. As head of the hip-hop union, mm-hmm. how do you differentiate, Do you do or do you differentiate hip-hop from some of the rap lyrics today, some of the ugly lyrics? I mean, back in the day, hip-hop was fun. Today, a lot of uh, the rap stuff is, is well, it's kind of dirty and, and nasty. I mean... Do you make that differentiation? Oh, big time. So, you know, I'm a realist. That, that's just the first that's the first thing. So when you talk to me, we have to talk real, right? And so, yeah, hip hop has gone, you know, it is gone completely left. When we talk about going right, it is going completely left. And so, yes, so I call this the urban dilemma, right? And so it's the common distasteful physical or emotional trauma that people get when coming in contact with the hip-hop community or the urban community. So naturally, right, because of the things, the stereotypes and the things that people see, people react to hip-hop people like, what are you doing? You're shooting your, you're shooting your family, you're shooting your friends, you're doing all of this stuff that makes no sense in American culture. But the culture doesn't feel like it's a part of United States. It doesn't feel like it's a citizen or anything. So I've been working kind of to push programs. I do programming. So I do technical assistance. So I go in, I figure out how we get this right. So I've been able to push hip hop into politics, push hip hop into education. And then, you know, what you see now is you see young people and in no community do young people lead the community. And that's kind of what's happening with us. So, you know, hip hop was a phenomenon started in the Bronx, uh, 1970. Three, mm-hmm. but now the evolution when we're yeah. hitting fifty years old is out of control. Out of control. I mean, I, listen, I, I loved Run DMC. In fact, I, I met Run a couple of times mm-hmm. at eateries on the Upper West Side. Very, very nice guy. Right. And uh, all those guys, it was just different. Like Bernie said, and I, you know, they're talking about shooting cops, and the way they talk about women is absolutely disgusting. Absolutely, but that's been going on for a and long treat, time. And how they treat women too. So it's I disgusting. have a hard right. way to go right. for me in this community as an educated black woman. Well, then and tell me I'm this. not stripping, well, right? Then, then tell me this. I, I just watched the halftime show with right. Dr. Dre, who called out the cops. Mm-hmm. Eminem, who took a knee. Mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg, who wrote a song not that long ago, which uh, talked about don't shoot your brothers, go kill cops instead. Can you give me names of successful hip-hop artists today, I mean really successful, that are more on your page than theirs? Because I don't know any. Well, let's start with LL Cool J. 
Okay. Right? You know, so so there's there's he plenty. Works with, what's her name uh, for years? Uh, the white John Legend's wife. He can't be on our side. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I actually think LL Cool J is a registered Republican. Yeah, 50 Cent, registered Republican. You know, yeah, absolutely. And I love so, that. And I think, I think that if we dug deeper, right, because they're talking about taxes. They got tax problems and things like that. They're 50 Cent is only worth 25 cents now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so when you talk about taxing somebody 70% and things like that, you're going to have a lot more people that have money that are not saying that I'm with this democratic poor agenda because the democrats what they push to the black community is you're poor you're never going to get ahead in this country you know you don't have an opportunity the white people that are republicans they hate you us white people that are democrats we love you you know what i'm saying it just makes mm-hmm. this this whole scenario that makes no sense and it's completely a- irrational and they asked us to be irrational so i'm that rational voice to say come on and so now at the super bowl you got to understand this right at the Super Bowl, I, I, I had mixed emotions because for the black community, it's like we always talked about we get to the White House, we're having a barbecue, we're having the whole shindig, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's what they did, right, it, at the Super Bowl. That's what Snoop, Dr. Dre did. They had their big barbecue quit walk across the Super Bowl. But what we have to look at is how this translates into American culture. When you do this, right, because the gangs are real. Right. So the the crip walking and everything that you're pushing out here is real. The the African-American community has to face everybody else for the feelings that people get behind what you just did. And so I think that's what we're not looking at. And that's what we have to really look at. And that's what counts is that this is transcending down to the kids. And the kids are not translating this the right way. Right. You know, we got crime, all kinds of stuff. Our kids are going to jail. And it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Jenea Butler, head of the hip-hop union. She ran for Congress as a Republican here in New York. Jenea, you know, for example, uh, Donald Trump got more black, more more of a percentage of the black vote than any Republican in history. You have Hispanics are are moving uh, to the right, to the Republican Party. There is seemingly an awakening out there, an epiphany among a lot of people, including minorities, that the left has gone just way too far. This wokeism is just suicidal. It's stupid. It's divisive. And uh, we have high hopes for November. Uh, what do you see? Do you see that? Uh, Landslide. Are you experiencing that? Landslide. And what I'm hoping is that the Republican Party really, you know, just hammers down right now, right? You know, so we always talk about we can't wait until the the general the um, presidential election in 2024. We have to 2022. So the black right. community is open. I'm letting out every Republican across the world know the black community is open. We're open for conversation, and I want to say Donald Trump, you're welcome. Right. (laughs) For getting that black vote, because I was largely behind that. One of the reasons why I ran for a Republican, ran for Congress as a Republican in the middle of Harlem was to make the statement that we cannot all be Democrats. We, you know, hip hop is a capitalistic society where that's all about money. You know, it's all focused on money. So we have to focus where with our our interests. And so. It's going to be a landslide. Can We're you, open. Can, can you convince like one of your Harlem neighbors, Ebony K. Williams, from the Real Housewives <laughs> of New York City to vote for Donald Trump? You can't convince her, though. I can. No, you can't. I can. Really? I can because there, there's, again, there's a formula. You see, what, what, did, um, what did Bernie just say? That the, Trump got the most yes. 
African-American. The, the right. highest percentage. Exactly. Yeah. And engagement. And if we pushed again, because we were largely behind some of the platinum plan and really pushing. I was I was actually behind Trump saying, look, do this, do that, wow. do this, do wow. that. You right. know, and, and it's it's really a formula that we just have to understand about the African-American community that the talking heads that are out there are right now are hiding. Right. So they're they're being irrational. Oh, you know, you it's because they don't know what to right, do. Right. Right. Well, listen, you got to keep talking. Keep uh, keep coming back on this show specifically. Sure. And John, Joe, John's great, too. And uh, you're now a, a dear friend of uh, Bernie and Sid. And uh, we want you to have a uh, even a bigger voice out there because you are. You're making all the sense in the world, and we need more folks like you. So, thank you for coming in. Thank you. You're, you're thank brilliant. You, you're lovely, and you and you can uh, you can beat me in a in a one on one game of basketball. So. Bust that. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah positive. Uh, let me say this, okay? And not to be disrespectful. Yeah, no, of course not. Okay, I will give you nine points in an eleven game and still beat you. Oh my God! If everybody can see the look that I'm giving him, yeah. okay, he's too short, right? He's too short to beat me. I, anybody over six one can't are you? beat me. I'm five nine, are you but five I'm, nine? I play I play big, right? So I had a thousand points, thousand rebounds, is double double, good for you. And I went for it. It's about heart, you know. Bernie's my, big. Bernie's like, Bernie. How tall are you? I'm like uh, six two, six three. Okay. My, my money is on Janaea though. Yeah, uh, no, over of you, course. So I got to tell you. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, I got to keep it real. I got to keep it real. <laughs> By the way, I'm only kidding. She will kick my ass. Uh, you're beautiful and brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you. Keep coming Look back. Look forward to it. Janaya Butler right here on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. We'll take a short break. Lots more to do, including live from Brooklyn in Avernikoff and the esteemed mayor himself, Rudy Giuliani. Second half of Bernie and Sid on a Friday right after this. Chances are, cause I wear a silly grin The moment you come into view Chances, Chances are, are you you'll think that I'm oh, in that's love so sweet. with you That is the uh, Curtis Lee Anthony Weiner uh, theme song. That's what, that's what they come into the show with because, uh, well, something's going on there. I'm not sure what. And you know I love Curtis Sliwa, but uh, it's a good show. I listened to it, I, actually, on the 77 WABC app. Curtis was so mad yesterday that I that actually, I, I mean, I didn't ask to fill in. Quite frankly, I would have been just as happy just watching the press conference and going home. But I was here, and Chad said, hop on in there, uh, in between, I guess, Kilmeade and uh, Greg Kelly. It took Curtis all of three seconds to send me a text. Hey! That's supposed to be my 45 minutes. WABC is, uh, we always uh, broadcast Curtis. That's right. You that's, don't that's, have drip like this. That's, a, that's the acronym. Always broadcasting yeah. Curtis. Well, ABC. then I'm, I texted him back, I guess not. These days we always broadcast Sid. Sorry, Kurt. You think he was really, <laughs> you, you know, I've never really seen Curtis Lee actually sincerely angry. He, he just, uh, he's always calm and measured. I mean, he, 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 I mean, I guess he gets angry, but not to, to the point where, like, say, Greg Kelly. Like, say, you. Yeah. I've never seen him really no, that angry. I, I haven't either, Willie. Well, most of it is shtick. I mean, you know, I, I think most of it is shtick, yeah. All right, so you have uh, Sid Rosenberg back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Again, heard everyone at 77 WABC app. I really am, uh, I don't know how much the news can cover an invasion halfway around the world. I mean, I really don't, but they're all over it. They, even the local news, they do 10 minutes on this. You had the Ukrainians out and about. In the city protesting, I guess they want us to get more involved. We're not going to send troops. That's not going to happen. I'm sorry. 
It's a NATO, of course, a Ukraine, not a NATO member. So, A, we're not treaty bound, and B, it's really not our business. It's just not our business. It sucks that Putin, uh, you know, violates international rules by invading a sovereign country. But it ain't, you know, uh, I don't want my son to die for it. I'm sure a lot of people here don't want their sons to die for it. And uh, a lot of people on top of all that, they just don't care. I mean, stuff happens around the world all the time. Look at look, 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 look at the African continent. Look at the, uh, you know, and the Asian continent. I mean, stuff happens. So either way, but it's being shoved down our throat. We're in it. Uh, you know, we're, 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 we're all in on this uh, Russian invasion. We have a, I don't know. I don't know why we got so involved, but here we are. There are other things happening today. I just will point out uh, today is Friday, uh, February 25th, the last Friday in February the end of Black History Month, and President Biden, the imbecile-in-chief, he said he would appoint a uh, Supreme Court justice, a black female Supreme Court justice, by the end of the month. And today seems like it's going to be the day. Uh, reports say he's going to actually appoint somebody. Don't know who it's going to be. Uh, rumors are it's uh, Oprah Winfrey, Joy Reid, people like that. It ain't going to be Winsome Sears or uh, Jenea Butler, that I can tell you. But uh, you have that also uh, before we get to some of this Ukraine stuff, which which was that press conference Biden held yesterday was so embarrassing. Did you see any of that? uh, Oh, I did. I did. And it was, you know, I I hate to do this all the time, bring up Donald Trump because he's not the president right now. And he won't be for about three years, even if he wins again. And you want to get to the point where you're just talking about the guy who's in charge right now. But I just can't help it. Every time Joe Biden speaks and embarrasses himself and our country like he did yesterday, I can't help but think, man, I really miss Trump. Exactly. I mean, uh, we had $2 a gallon gas. We had no wars. I mean, it was just like, uh, you know, we, we had a sense that America was number one, that we were in charge, that everything was great. Aside the fact that you had these uh, lunatics with the Trump derangement syndrome just screaming all the time, uh, things were good. Things were, things were great, as a matter of fact. And now we're, we're involved in wars. We got crime, inflation, the border, all this stuff. It's just awful. But, uh, again, we'll get to the Ukraine stuff in a second. Speaking of Donald Trump, you have CPAC going on, the Conservative Political Action Committee uh, they gather in different places. This year it's Orlando, Florida. You're going to have Trump speaking. Uh, of course, the usual suspects, Marco Rubio, Christy Noem. Dr. Oz is actually going to speak. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, people like that. It's going to be, uh, you're going to see a lot of it on TV. I guess uh, Newsmax will cover a lot of it. They'll be there. It usually is funny. It's good. Uh, I'm going to check some of it out. And uh, also, here in the city yesterday, you had Eric Adams, before we get again to the Ukraine stuff. Uh, apparently, Eric Adams appointed three three ministers who are were at one point anti-gay marriage. A lot of people were screaming about it yesterday. Listen to one person here. His appointments say more about the mayor's values and his lack of willingness to engage with and serve the LGBTQ community in New York City in good faith. In November, we elected the most diverse city council in its history with clear shared values of inclusion, dignity, justice. All right, shut up. I heard enough. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) So uh, Eric Adams was on Seth Meyers last night. He was pretty incoherent. 
So we have another. Clip and by the of way, him. he's on TV again right now as we speak. He's on New York One. I, I don't know how this guy has any time to run this city with all the TV appearances he does. He was on television seven hours ago, and now he's back on TV again this morning. A bigger media whore than uh, Schmuck Schumer. I never oh, thought even I'd, close. Never thought I'd find anybody. Well, the the problem for Schumer is nobody nobody wants him. He'd be there, right, but uh, right. apparently at this point. Eric Adams is the darling of the media, and so, yeah, he gets to appear on all these things. But this was his response to these protesters yesterday on appointing these uh, three pastors to his uh, administration. Listen to him. A rigorous selection process to determine who's going to be in city government, and whomever serves under me will serve all New Yorkers. The goal is to convert allow people to evolve so that they can see the error of their ways. That's who we are. We're talking about Eric Adams, someone who has stood with you, fought with you, side by side, even at my political detriment. We can get through this together. Yeah, so take it easy. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people back in the day, and he invoked that on the Seth Meyers show, who, uh, by the way, I hate Seth Meyers also, uh, he invoked the uh, Obama didn't come around to be pro gay marriage until like 2012, 2013, something like that. Same thing with Hillary. Same thing with with, with most officials, most politicians, most people. As a matter of fact, uh, it, it, you know they 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 morph, they evolved, and now everybody accepts gay marriage. So dummy up there. Everybody wants to be a damn victim. Shut up. We're sick of you. But now to the Biden the press conference yesterday, it was embarrassing. Of course, uh, Putin said. You know, you get involved, you get involved in the Russian-Ukraine invasion. Uh, anything can happen to you. And uh, Biden was asked about it. Take a listen. This statement that he gave last night, will, that the, the threat that he gave, the West will face consequences greater than any you have faced in history. Is he threatening a nuclear strike? I have no idea what he's threatening. I know what he has done. I have no idea. That, that is the line that just said, you should have came out and just said, I have no idea what's going on. And then walk back. Walk away, Joe. That's what he should have done. He was asked about gas prices. They're going to rise. By the way, gas is at $100 billion a barrel. That's the price right now. That only benefits uh, Putin because... What did you say? Uh, uh, it's not $100 billion a barrel. No, I'm sorry. $100, uh, I'm sorry. Not a hundred, uh, it's, it's $100 a barrel. Right, right. <laughs> $100. Not $100 billion. $100 right. a barrel. And we import... Uh, the United States imports 600,000 barrels a day from Russia. Correct. From Russia. Now, uh, what, under Trump, the price was $40 a barrel for oil, and that hurt Russia. But then Joe Biden came in, and he got rid of the pipeline. He got rid of the drilling on federal lands and all that stuff. And now it's skyrocketed to $100 million. And that's what he's using that money to finance this invasion of Ukraine. Joe Biden enabled it. Joe Biden and the uh, woke tards on the left, the Green New Deal uh, lunatics, like Greta Thunberg and, uh, you know, AOC and all these people and John Kerry. Anyway, the moron was asked about it yesterday. Take a listen. I know this is hard and that Americans are already hurting. I will do everything in my power to limit the pain the American people are feeling at the gas pump. Really? This is critical to me. But this aggression cannot go unanswered. If it did... The consequences for America would be much worse. So shut up. So listen, so you're going to do everything you can. That means uh, allowing the Keystone Pipeline to be built and and, uh, allowing this drilling 
to, to be done on these uh, federal lands. Uh, put, put the leases out there. Let's get the oil going. Open up the energy sector. We need a vibrant energy sector. And while you're at it, let's build a few nuclear power plants as well because we can't, we can't futz around with this stupid uh, windmills and solar power. Power. It doesn't work. Ask Germany. Ask Europe. Over the winter, over the summer, excuse me, uh, they 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 morphed into uh, they they transitioned to green, and the wind didn't blow and the sun didn't shine, and they they got screwed. Gas rose to to, to like eight nine dollars a a gallon. Yep. And uh, they're completely dependent now on uh, Russia, is uh, is Europe. So listen, that that is the job number one for this guy to do. Will he do it? We don't know. We know that they just laugh. Uh, listen to the energy secretary, our energy secretary, who, by the way, can be found nowhere these days as these prices rise. But she did appear somewhere last November. She was asked about rising gas prices. And this is how they really feel. Take a listen. In Sturgis, Michigan, it is $2.89 a gallon. I guess that's better than in California. What is the grand home plan to increase oil production in America? Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Would that I had the magic wand on this. As you know, of course, uh, oil is a global market. It is controlled by a cartel. That cartel is called OPEC. And she, she, yeah, the the, shut up. The point is she doesn't care. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> She's laughing. Yeah, they're laughing. You know who does that, too, is Harris. Uh, all these Democrats, when they're uncomfortable, they just start to giggle and laugh. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it, it, it really is. It's, a, it's insulting, but the, the, you see the poor working man out there with his van or his pickup truck or whatever it is at the pump looking at the price, and his face is uh, he's in shock. And they don't care though; they're 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 fine. They're, they're these these people are millionaires, uh, you know, ten times over. People like that. The former governor of Michigan is that lady, and then on China. Uh, uh, China, apparently, you know, Putin was at the Olympics. He bonded with President Xi, and uh, they're going to form an alliance against the United States. This is real dangerous stuff. Uh, the, the imbecile was asked about it yesterday. Take a listen. Urging China to help isolate Russia. Are you urging China to help isolate Russia? I'm not prepared to comment on that at the moment. Not prepared to comment. He doesn't know. He has no idea. He has absolutely, by the way, the sanctions yesterday, uh, I mentioned this earlier. Uh, just weak ass. They're not not going to matter. Sanctions. They are going to allow Russia to stay in this international banking system. He could easily have uh, removed them from it. That would really tighten the screws on them. That he didn't do that. And a lot of people are wondering. And by the way, he could have imposed personal sanctions on Putin himself. He did not do that. And you know why? He's compromised. Compromat. Compromat. <laughs> he is uh, comp- him and Hunter are compromised both in Russia and the Ukraine. They made millions from both places, and we don't know what these people have on them, but they have stuff. They have stuff. That's why when I say the the, the, the sanctions, not imposing these sanctions are inexplicable. Uh, the the explanation will be that uh, they have stuff on Joe Biden, and uh, we everybody warned everybody about it back in the day. Nobody listened to President Trump. Nobody listened to anybody. Uh, 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 81 million people allegedly did not listen. Anyway, Gordon Chang on China's influence with Russia regarding this uh, Ukraine invasion. This is Gordon Chang, our good friend. Take a listen to him. 
A number of people in the elite do have economic interests, and they view their interests uh, meaning they're closer to the Communist Party in China than they are to their fellow Americans. But also, I think that they believe that ultimately the United States and China can come to accommodation, that as China grows, that it will see that its interests coincide with those of the U.S. This is five decades of ideology that has failed. And clearly this is absurd because we've seen by now that there's no chance, there's no chance that Xi Jinping is going to come help us. But he will help Putin. He's already helped Putin. Already helping Putin. So the alliance is on. Uh, we're screwed because of this uh, this weak, feeble, feckless imbecile that, that is at the helm, our commander-in-chief, and all the woke tards surrounding him, like Kamala Harris, Jake Sullivan, uh, Anthony Blinken. We're completely screwed in the middle of a, a military crisis out halfway across the, uh, the the globe. I don't know. It just I, I'm, I'm dispirited. I can tell you that. You know what I, I was interested to uh, learn yesterday is that Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. We, we we used to think you thought Chernobyl was in Russia, right? Uh, I did. Yes. Yeah, it's in Ukraine. Is that and, right? Yeah. Nobody ever made that distinction. You see, and that goes to the heart of the problem. I mean, Russia and the Ukraine, and forgive me, you Ukrainians that are listening out there, they're one and the same. Yeah, no, These, are. You guys are yeah. cousins, yeah. essentially. You have a beef. I mean, it's your business. It's your fight. It's not our fight. It's not the world's fight. Well, they're not saying that in Sheepshead Bay, I'll tell you that, because Inna Vernikov, very, very uh, impressive young lady, who's Ukrainian, by the way, Ukrainian-American, and, of course, she's a minority whip of the city council. She's a member of the 48th district. I'm talking about Manhattan Beach, Midwood, West Brighton Beach, Sheepshead Bay, Gravesend, my whole area. Uh, she'll beg to defer. There's a large Ukrainian population right there, Brighton Beach, Sheepshead Bay, that are scared to death. So, Oh, you know, no question about it. There are, Ukrainians consider themselves a sovereign nation. But in the grand scheme of things, if you look at world history, yeah. Uh, the Ukraine was created uh, during the Soviet Union, what, about, I don't know, 50 years ago or uh, maybe 60 or 70? Yeah, f- yeah. Forget the date. After World War II, obviously. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. So, uh, so, But essentially, it's a civil war, uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, as a, as a uh, amateur, you know, a, a historian. A what? Or, or somebody interested in history. You better cut that out. You're they're, anything they're, but an amateur. They're one in the same, and it's a civil war. And it's not, it's not our business. But uh, anyway, it'll be interesting to hear what Inna Vernikov, yeah. city council member yeah. Inna Vernikov, has to say coming up on the Bernie and Sid show, Sydney, It'll be very, very interesting. 1-800-848-9222. We'll come right back. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Well, there's a lot of talk is Vladimir Putin insane. And, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So I'm going to ask you guys this question. In 2014, it was President Obama who first shut down the permit for the extension for the Keystone Pipeline. Biden's first executive order was to do the same. And once again, here we have emboldened our adversaries showing our weakness by showing that the United States is now completely dependent on Russia, as well as OPEC for for oil. The U.S. is now buying oil from Russia at almost $100 a barrel, pumping billions into Putin's coffers. Yet the White House refuses to allow for more drilling. And the Democrats, don't forget, they also shut down Line 5 in Michigan, which carried more than a half a billion barrels of oil and natural gas to America and Canada. So you tell me, who is the insane one? 
Is it the Democrats? Is it is it Biden, Obama, or is it Putin? Putin just basically sees the perfect opportunity. He's a megalomaniac. He wants to extend his control. This is a power grab. And he said, why not do it now? Like you were just saying before the break, Bernie, we have shown ourselves to be so weak. And Biden even showed it further in that ridiculous press conference. Like of the part of a strategy, right? If you're doing a chess game, Aren't you not supposed to tell your adversary what you're going to do next? That, right. And that's exactly what Biden is doing. And he also admitted that none of his sanctions were ever intended to work. So then why are you doing them anyway? Uh, despite despite uh, his all his cabinet members, including uh, Kamala, saying that they were supposed to act as a deterrent. He said yesterday, no, they weren't supposed to act as a deterrent after the fact, of course. Uh, so he, they're not on the same page. Uh, they're not lunatics. They're just incompetent. They're incompetent cowards. They were, they, why, why won't we re, re, return to energy independence? Because they were afraid. They were afraid of the, the, the lunatic, woke-tard, green leftists like AOC and, 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 and countless others, John Kerry or whatever. They're just afraid. He's got no onions. But he has to do that. If he c- purports to care about the price at the pump and home heating oil, He's got to re- get that Keystone Pipeline going and st- start drilling on these uh, federal lands. Got to, he's got to do it. Here we go again. When you go woke, you go broke. And we're going broke. That's what's happening to the United States. John Katzmatidis is predicting that we could see here in New York, we're already seeing him in California, over $5 a gallon gas. I mean, how are people in the Bronx supposed to afford that? How are regular working class class people supposed to afford this? This is so out of control. And then when the gas prices go up, everything goes up. We are basically funding the war for Putin. Why wouldn't he do it now? Why wouldn't he do it? He's getting all this money. We're paying for the war. And you notice you don't hear Biden saying, well, we're going to put sanctions on their uh, exporting of any kind of energy because we need them. So here we are saying we're going to slap you with this sanction, that, that. And yet we're still paying them loads and loads of money. And what is Putin going to do? He's just going to raise the price because he's going to say F you. And if we say, well, we're not going to get it from you anymore. We're screwing ourselves. And he's he's just going to sell to China. So it doesn't matter. I also read another interesting article about Putin, which I didn't know this. Did you know that he refused? You'll never see him eating in public nowhere because he is afraid of being poisoned. And so that's why he carries a flask of water with him everywhere he goes. And that's why during that bizarre hour long press conference that he had the other day where he basically declared war on Ukraine, very Hitler-esque type of thing, he had all of his... uh, parliament or whatever those people are on one table and he was at another and even when he met with the the french president macron recently it was at between like a long table sure because he's so not even paranoid he thinks people are going to kill him i think well he should he should think that he's justified (laughs) by the way he's poisoned he's he's poisoned many a person himself many a lot of the uh, those uh, a lot of brits the uh, couple of brits over the last couple of years uh, and russians have ended up being poisoned. But if there's one guy, one guy besides Zelensky, who should think they're going to die today, it is Putin. So I get that. Well, but that's Zelensky an interesting uh, th- that's an interesting tidbit, the uh, factoid that, that you brought up, uh, Lydia. I didn't realize 
that that's why he sat so far apart. I, I like that. This well, is, well, I have to tell you that uh, it's like a spy novel. It is. It I was, was reading an article by a former KGB agent yeah. who was saying that this is their part of their training, and that's what they do. Well, in the same spirit, not exactly, because I don't think a lot of people want me dead. I mean, I did get two death threats this week, but it's not a bad week for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I never sit with my back towards the uh, the window of any restaurant. You know that, Bern. Can't do that. No, that, that's the old not. godfather right. thing. So but it's but a godfather I, thing? no, but I I really believe that too. I'm always afraid that you know something could happen. So, and you are justified what? in that fear as well. <laughs> and that could well, be from your own family. I don't sit backwards on a train or in a car, like in a limbo or anything, because I get car sick. Is that the same? Not the same. No, 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 no. So not, do you think? Not, uh, hey, what does Mister does Mister Katz think that Biden will re- reverse? Uh, his Absolutely policies not. on the pipeline, on, on the drilling? Because they put up ideology above everything else. They do not care if we go broke. They don't care if our kids are suffering. They don't care that criminals are running amok. You think the Democrats don't know what the real cause of the crime wave that's going on in all of the cities? You think they don't realize? I think they full well realize everything that all of their policies are causing all of the problems. Everything that's happened to this country has been self-imposed in the last year. But they don't care as long as they're good, as long as they remain in power, as long as they keep pumping migrants into the cities and getting those guaranteed votes at the polls with no ID. They don't care. They don't care. They know exactly what they're doing. They're just I, I, I don't think they're even that stupid. They only care to the extent that it affects them at the poll. Uh, yeah, that the ballot box. It's the only that's the only reason that they might care. But, yeah, you're right. They're, they're, they're well, again. It is irrational to be a friend to the criminal while your fellow, uh, you know, minority uh, or, or not, even if you're a white politician, while minorities are being killed in the inner city and you're, you're letting out the people who are killing them. That's irrational. That's stupid. I mean, I, I, I don't even understand the mentality behind it. They, they, they talk about social justice and equity or whatever the hell it is, but it makes no sense. It's not logical. It's stupid and it's suicidal. For people out there, I I actually spoke to a former CIA director, George Beebe, who is a director for Russia Analysis. And I said, you know, this is very Hitler-esque. You know, this is what he did in the 30s. And we kind of just stood at the sidelines and watched it all go down. He's like, no, no, no. Putin's not like Hitler. He's just trying to protect what's his. So I respectfully disagree with that. I mean, what? then again, I'm not a former CIA director on Russian analysis. But I, I do have common sense. And this guy is... He, you would think if, if Putin, Putin doesn't care about money, he has enough money to last him a lifetime. In my opinion, this is about legacy. This is about getting back what's rightfully yep. his and, and, re- and reversing history. And that's why in that speech, he also mentioned about neo-Nazis or Nazis, you know, kind of uh, re- made an allusion to that because Zelensky's Jewish. So if you think this isn't going down that that real that disgusting pathway once again if this isn't a repeat of history then you're delusional there was a reason behind that long speech if i i encourage everybody to go look at the english translation of it it's 23 pages long but when you read it you realize this guy he is on the war path to take okay. over the world that's you, my you, you are right speech. he wants to not only restore uh, russia to the old soviet union he wants to restore it to the the russian empire from the 1500s and 1600s, which is what was way bigger than what the Soviet Union was. I mean, he is real, and you're right. It, it's all about legacy. He's seventy. He's seventy something years old, and he he figures, if not now, then when? Especially with the imbecile in chief that we have, 
this is the time to do it, to, to uh, you know, pull the trigger on what he's been, been wanting to do for the past uh, 20 years. And this goes back to our conversation yesterday. That's why even though China seemingly is the bigger threat, they're really not because they still are measured. And this guy is just completely crazy. He's out of his mind. It doesn't matter. So China would be the bigger threat if both sides are kind of equal on measured terms. But crazy always wins. And I think right now it's fair to say Russia is, in fact, the biggest threat. Now, I don't well, think he's crazy. Listen, I think he knows milit- exactly what he's no, doing. He's cr- no, he's crazy. He, mil- he's crazy with power. You're right. He's crazy. But militarily, uh, we, we are vastly superior to uh, Russia. Not, not so much with, uh, uh, as when it comes to China. That's but true. With Russia, we are. That's true. Well, this is what happens when you vote based on emotion instead of policy. I just don't like him. I don't like his tweets. Well, newsflash, you didn't have to go out for a beer with Trump. He didn't have to be your next-door neighbor. And now we have an imbecile in chief that the whole world sees as weak. And I here like we that. are. And it's just going to get worse. You can't vote with your gut. you got to vote with your brain. That's what happens. Well, and, and you know what? This time you got to blame the white suburban housewives. Usually you blame the guy for thinking with his, you know, with uh, not thinking correctly. The New Jersey but housewives it, or the New York housewives? White suburban housewives. That's mm-hmm. the one my friends, people oh. like me. Come on, sir. So not Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta, you keep, Atlanta, Atlanta stays out of it. Not Atlanta. <laughs> Well, tune in tonight, 5 o'clock, John Katzmatidi's show. We are going to have analysis. And you know what, what What John's show really does do, too, is we've got different viewpoints. We've got people that say, yes, Putin is trying to reestablish the Soviet Union. Then you've got other analysts that say, no, he's going to stop at Ukraine. Then we got people talking. We had Gordon Chang yesterday talking about how Taiwan is next and this. So you will hear everything you need to know all in that one hour, Cats at Night, 5 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. Thank you, Lydia Serrano. Great job. Job as always on this Friday, last Friday in February. Traffic in a Vernikov. She's a member of the city council. She's Ukrainian. She was born in the Ukraine and she has some strong opinions. She's coming up next. I eat on the pasta twice just because she is so nice, Angelina. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. We're heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Download it. You won't be sorry. Also, out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM, Hampton Bays and Points East. Also, WABCRadio.tv. You want to check us out on your smart TVs, your computers? That's where you go, WABCRadio.tv. Our next guest on the Bernie and Sid Show, this woman is very, very impressive. She was just elected to the New York City Council, a city council here, and she's the minority whip, believe it or not, of the New York City Council here in New York City. She represents Brooklyn. She was born in the Ukraine. Her name is Inna Vernikov, and she has some strong feelings about a lot of things. Of course, you can imagine uh, the Ukraine war, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, where, as, as I mentioned, she was born. Let's bring her in, Inna Vernikov. Inna, good morning. Welcome to the Bernie and Sid Show. Good morning. Always good to be with you. And welcome back, actually. It's about your third or fourth appearance. And just so you know, it was recommended to me and Bernie we bring you back on today by the main man himself, John Katsimatidis. How about that? Wow, that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. No, you're huge. So listen, first of all, in a, before we get to the Ukraine uh, situation and Russian, uh, all of that, how do you get along with the crazy, woke liberals in the city council these days? I mean, uh, are they as in, insane with their policies or, or are they as insane personally, 
in the hallways of the city council as they are with their policies? Well, look, uh, there are obviously many, many Democrats in the city council. Um, Not all of them are woke. Um, I'll tell you that I've made many friends in the the council. There are only five Republicans. And, uh, you know, a lot of the Democrats I made friends friends with support the police, uh, have common sense. And, uh, you know, I look forward to working with them on many issues that we can work on together. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm actually very impressed with some of them. That's good to hear. Yeah, that is great to hear. It's refreshing, actually. No, I know, because you you just can't tell these days. And and I think you know I grew up uh, 2216 Quentin Road, two blocks away from Madison High School, the Midwood section. I went to Brooklyn College. I went to Kingsborough Community College. I still have family there. And I spent a lot of time, believe it or not, in John Katzmatidi's buildings, Coney Island, Ocean Drive, over the summer. So your area is basically uh, my area, my whole life, my parents, my sisters, my mothers, my brothers. So when I go back and visit, uh, I take a very, very good look around. And being on Sheepshead Bay Road uh, earlier this summer, I did like what I saw in terms of the restaurants and people, you know, moving around. Uh, But there are some problems over there also, which you talked about on this show not that long ago. Talk about some of the issues you face on a daily basis in that district in Brooklyn. I think right now the number one issue is rats. Uh, we've got that everywhere, I think, in my district and also all over the city. Uh, my Whoa. council, my colleagues in the council talk about rats a lot. Um, we have illegally parked vehicles all over the district. We have noise complaints. Um, but, uh, you know, safety is, is, a, is a top issue as well. It continues to be an issue. But we are working extremely hard uh, to resolve the issues. We get hundreds of emails on a daily basis, and my office is Staffed. We have uh, many constituent uh, liaisons who are working on cases every day. If anybody uh, has an issue in the district, they're free to contact my office. So, in a, of course, talking about the four-legged rats, uh, not the uh, other kind uh, that we're very familiar with. <laughs> Inna Vernikov, a city council member, Republican, born in the Ukraine. So, in a uh, Putin, uh, Russia invaded the Ukraine uh, two days ago, or uh, you know, a full-scale invasion, really yesterday. Uh, so, your your thoughts? Now, a lot of Ukrainians were uh, protesting in the streets of Manhattan yesterday, and Joe Biden held a press conference. Weak sanctions, weak leadership we have here. But my question to you is this: What do Ukrainians expect the United States actually to do? I mean, I mean, what realistically do you expect us to do? Look, I think that, like you mentioned, Joe Biden has been a very, very weak leader on this. Um, I think that, look, if you if you just if you just look at the facts, in 2014, before Joe Biden became president, we had the annexation of Crimea, and after, you know, during during President Trump, nothing was going on, and then Biden took over, and right away, immediately. We had a disastrous pull out of Afghanistan, and we are in we are on the brink of a third world war potentially. So we have very weak leadership at the helm. Uh, sanctions that he's talking about now, that he's trying to implement now, should have been implemented a long time ago. I think this would have never happened had he implemented sanctions before. Uh, look, Ukrainians are expecting the world to get involved. They're asking for help for from uh, the EU, from America. 
but I, I don't think we send our troops down there. I think we need to do as much as we can to sanction, Russia, ban Russian oil, ban Russian gas. I think other nations need to follow suit, freeze all the assets. We need to really punish uh, Russia and President Putin. But this should have been done a long time ago. This is a situation that I believe could have been avoided. You're very close to Dov Heiken, who's a dear, dear friend of mine and Bernie, a uh, very uh, popular uh, Jewish person, uh, uh, really served the better part of four decades as an assemblyman there in um, in Borough Park. And, and your story is very interesting. You went to a Jewish day school in Ukraine. You got here when you were 12 years old. You're a board member of Tikva, which I know very, very well, which uh, looks after Jewish orphanages in um, in Ukraine. Uh, we just had a, a colleague on, and she hinted that maybe some of this aggression from Putin is directly associated with anti-Semitism. Do you buy any of that? I don't see how this has anything to do with anti-Semitism. I think this is Putin trying to take over. I think he, this is a power grab. He wants uh, country after country. He, he believes Ukraine is an extension of Russia. Uh, he, I think he's going after it all. I don't think this has anything to do with anti-Semitism. I think this is just Putin being Putin, being a tyrant, being a dictator. So Inna Vernikov, a New York City Council member, Republican, born in the Ukraine. Uh, yeah, they speaking of sanctions, even the sanctions that uh, we call them the imbecile-in-chief, even the ones he announced yesterday are so weak. I mean, we import here in the United States 600,000 barrels of oil from Russia every single day. And there were no no sanctions whatsoever on, on Russia's oil exports, no sanctions on Russia being a part of this international banking system, which would really hurt them if they kicked them out. I mean, things like that, they're still not imposing the toughest sanctions. And plus, we're not energy independent. If we were energy independent here in the United States, we would have a lot more leverage over Russia and we could exercise more influence in what happens in that region. Uh, what do you make of that? I completely agree. And also look at Germany. Look at, look at how Germany is acting right now. They can't do anything at all because they're completely dependent on the pipeline. So, uh, yeah, we. I think we just look terribly weak on the world stage. I think the world is watching. I think China is watching. Iran is watching. And it's an embarrassment to see that our president is really asleep. <laughs> in a vertical, yep. you're the best. Sleepy Joe. <laughs> She's great. New York Council member Sleepy in Joe the right. <laughs> 48th District in Brooklyn. So uh, parts of your area there, West Brighton Beach, heavily populated by Russian folks and Ukrainians too. Uh, I would even go as far as saying Sheepshead Bay as well. A lot of that Midwood section that you overlook has both Ukrainian folks and Russian folks. And I've seen on local news in the last couple of days some of those folks in local eateries and restaurants complaining about the other side. Are you worried that there'll be any conflicts in your Brooklyn neighborhoods between the Ukrainians and the Russians because of what's going on overseas? So, look, I have to tell you, a large uh, number of uh, my constituents are Jewish. So they're Jewish immigrants from the former Soviet Union, Ukraine, and Russia. And they came here to this country a very long time ago. We're talking 30, 25 years ago. Uh, they don't have any family. Most of them don't have any family um, back in the Ukraine or Russia. I myself actually have no family in Ukraine. So um, I think that everybody is horrified, both Russian and Ukrainian immigrants, Jewish immigrants from those areas. Nobody wants a war. Um, but I think 
some of the some of my constituents are somewhat disconnected because they don't have that family those family ties uh, back in those countries. But I'll tell you that so many Russians are against the war as well. If you watch the protests, you see Russians, Russian nationals standing there saying, we, we don't want this war. And so many Russians are going to die, too. It's not just Ukrainians, right? It's the Russian soldiers that are fighting that are dying. This is so senseless, a senseless loss of life. No doubt about it. And as a matter of fact, they were protesting in Moscow yesterday, anti-war protests in Moscow with the Russian people not down necessarily uh, with this invasion. Inna Vernikov, New York City Council member, Republican, born in the Ukraine. Inna, do you expect uh, once or, or if, or be, 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 it's not a foregone conclusion that uh, Putin will secure the Ukraine. I mean, they're going to fight like hell. Like they're going to fight like uh, this is going to be an insurgency. It's going to be guerrilla warfare. But do you, do you expect once he does secure it, if he secures the Ukraine, that uh, Putin would, would invade NATO countries like the Baltic states, etc.? Look, I hope not, but if he does, he will. I think he will try to invade the Baltic countries. He'll go to Poland. He'll take as much as he can. He's trying to destroy all of Ukraine's military capacity. He was uh, trying to seize uh, a nuclear plant at Chernobyl. Uh, I mean, it's insane what's going on. He's, it's outrageous. He's pathetic. You know, much, I think he's, he's not going to stop. He's no, not he's not. Stop. I agree with you. Uh, much like my cousin Norm Coleman, who spent eight years as the mayor of St. Paul and won a Senate seat in the great state of Minnesota, he was a uh, lifelong Democrat. He made the switch to Republican. Donald Trump, same thing. And you the same, Anna. You were a Democrat for a very, very long time. When did you make the switch to become a Republican? Look, I was never really a Democrat. I was a registered Democrat, just like many, many people in New York City who believe that you could be you you can't be a Republican or anything other than a Democrat to impact our elections. So I was a registered Democrat for a couple of years on paper. I never had, gotcha. uh, you know, I, I, I had, of course, I had centrist um, ideas, and some of my ideas are more uh, liberal than not. But I was never really a Democrat, especially the Democratic Party that's in charge today. Um, does not stand for any of my values. Right. It's become it's become a party of socialists and communists. So uh, yeah, I, I cannot I could not associate myself with that party any longer, even on paper. Good for you. Uh, by the way, I'll be in Brooklyn uh, tomorrow night at the Great Michael's Restaurant on Nostrand Avenue and Avenue R. That's your neighborhood, right? That's your district. That's a really, really good restaurant. Enjoy. <laughs> I'll be hey, there tomorrow night. Stop in for a drink. Listen, in a, uh, you're terrific. Inna Vernikov, New York City Council member, Republican, born in the Ukraine. Yeah, well, three years we have to wait uh, for the return of uh, President Trump. It's a long, long time. But, uh, you know, keep hope alive and hang in there. Inna Vernikov, and uh, good Godspeed in your work in the city council. You have an uphill battle. I know that. And thanks for appearing on the Bernie and Sid Show. Godspeed to you as well. Thanks so much for having me. Have a great weekend, guys. You got it. In a U2, busy 9 o'clock hour about to come your way. We continue to celebrate uh, Black History Month. We celebrated yesterday Black History Day. But, you know, we do have a big-time person coming on at the very top of the 9 o'clock hour, former New York Yankee great first baseman Chris Chambliss who was on all those great Yankee teams, hit that big home run to beat the Royals in 76, on those great Reggie Jackson teams in 77 and 78 that won the World Series, went on to play for Joe Torre with the Atlanta Braves. He will join us, Chris Chambliss, coming up at 9 o'clock. And then the esteemed mayor himself, Rudy Giuliani, 
coming up at 925, the last hour of the week. Very exciting with Bernie and Sid right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. Want to hear this? When you exit Yankee Stadium after a big Yankee win, Rudy Giuliani is coming up next. Huge, huge Yankee fan. I know we love this guy. As we continue to celebrate Black History Month, we celebrated the day yesterday here on the station. Five-year period between 1975 and 1979. Our next guest, nothing to do with Ukraine or Russia, by the way, Distinguished himself as one of the most popular Yankees of all time. That big home run against the Kansas City Royals to so many big hits on those great Yankee teams that beat the Dodgers and won the World Series in both 1977 and 1978. A great first baseman, but on to play in Atlanta. Those Atlanta teams are pretty good, by the way. Those are uh, Bob Horner, Dale Murphy, managed by Joe Torre. How about that? Also played in uh, Cleveland, I believe. He played uh, just about everywhere. Here he is, the great, no Cleveland, the former New York Yankee first baseman, Chris Chambliss, on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. Good morning, Chris. Hello, Chris. Hi, Bernie and Sid. How are you? Uh, we're doing great. Thanks for stopping by this morning. I know Murray Bauer, a uh, mutual friend of all of ours, reached out to you. Murray, a good friend of mine, Bernie and John Katz and Matides. We wanted to um, celebrate Black History Month, Black History Day, and well, you had such a great career, so beloved here in New York uh, with the Yankees. And I know it's a long time now, Chris. I know we're going on like 35 years since those Dodger wins in the World Series. Does it seem like it's that long ago? I tell you, it's, it, 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 I, guess, I guess it does at this point. Yeah, it's been, been a long time, and, uh, but it's something I'm real, real proud of uh, being a part of. We had some great teams, and uh, it was really a privilege and pleasure to be around the Yankees. Actually, 45 years ago, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Incorrect. And uh, as, we, yeah. as we wind down uh, Black History Month, and we did celebrate it yesterday, we commemorated the whole month, actually, here on 77 WABC and the Bernie and Sid Show. Uh, Chris, I would ask you this. Your experience in the league coming up, of course, you came up a little later. I mean, uh, it was some horrible experiences early on. Jackie Robinson broke the uh, barrier, no doubt. But what was your experience like uh, coming up in the league in your time? Well, I I, I really um, give give uh, tribute to to uh, all all the players that that had to go through a lot of those rough times. I was I was very lucky, uh, um, mainly because of, of the sacrifice of a lot of guys, uh, and and at the same time, I didn't play. Um, lower minor league. I played Triple A. I was in Wichita, Kansas, and and then I was in the big leagues. So I didn't have to play like Double A or Single A ball in the right. South. That that you know I may I may have experienced um, some some rough stuff during that time, but um, but I, I during my career I, I really uh, didn't have too much stuff going on. Um, and 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 I, I really thank the players before me, and I end up meeting a, a, you know a lot of those guys, you know, and talking to them, Bill White and um, you know Bob Gibson, you know, so many of them, 
uh, the guys that, that that did have experiences like that, and um, and they 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 pretty much saved saved uh, a, lot, a lot of that prejudice uh, on from from me, and I, I didn't have to experience that much. Thank you know, God. you know, yeah, Coach Chambers, you mentioned Bill White. I think Bernie, Bernie, you've got a, a pretty good example of another guy named White. Who went through some stuff as a, as a young New York Yankee? Yes. Oh yes, uh, Roy White. Uh, yeah. Uh, but w- w- what is the situation with uh, Roy White? Of course, they're retiring Paul O'Neill's number. Uh, is there is there some sort of uh, disrespect going on there, Chris? I really can't under. I I, I really believe uh, it's someone they're they're completely overlooking. Roy, as you guys know, is probably better than I do. Is it, it was the link between. Between really the championships, year, the low uh, '60s, uh, with and what was it, 12 years before they, we had won anything? When I hit the home run, you know, Roy Roy was uh, a link from, from from those years. When Mano was still playing, and uh, he and Mercer came up at the same time, and 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 he was starting left fielder during during yeah. those years. Yep. Uh, when when we finally got into a series. Three, you know, we're in a series three years in a row, and and how can you not acknowledge that, that Roy White um, uh, brings brings that connection to you? He was there. He was there before Thurman. He was there before all those guys. Yep. And, he was. Um, uh, you, you mentioned, in fact, for for a while there, Chris. Him and Mercer were the only reason to watch the Yankees. Him, Mercer, and Stoudemire, basically. And I know he only right. hit two seventy one. He didn't hit five hundred home runs and all that nonsense. But he, his whole career, he was a Yank. And he won World Series, and he went to All Star Games. He's a loyal guy, and uh, I, I've, I've called out Randy Levine, who's a, who's a friend of mine. I love Randy. Do the right thing and give Roy White his day. I mean, Chambers, you were a great Yankee, but you played in Atlanta, you played in Cleveland. Paul O'Neill spent eight years in Cincinnati. Give Roy White his whole career as a Yankee his deserved day. But I do want to ask you, Chris, about Tory, because when you left the Yanks, you went to the Braves. And I mentioned the fact that some of those Braves teams were pretty good. You had you, you had Dale Murphy, a two-time MVP. You had Bob Warner, and Joe Torre was the manager. And then Torre came to the Yankees and became a Hall of Famer, and you were the hitting coach. And you won all four of those World Series with the Yankees, too. So you've got a, exactly. a, a long relationship with Joe Torre, yes? Exactly. Uh, just remember, just a little, you guys know this. I, I was traded to Toronto for 30 days after the 79 season, they right. used a year of Thurman pass. And they, you know, I, I was only there for 30 days in the winter, and they traded me to Atlanta. And when I got there, Bobby Cox, you, you guys know him, sure. uh, was managing there at the time. So Joe came in, I think it was 82, 81, 82. And, uh, but 82, we started the season 13 straight. Um, and, yeah, Horner and Murphy were just – Really great young stars at that time, and uh, we, we we had Claude out Washington. We we really had a good team. We, we we couldn't lose in the first first month of the season. We we were playing well, and we ended up winning the West. And um, then the next year, we we came in second place with Joe, and then then they fired him. You know, so <laughs> we couldn't understand. But you're right. Uh, that was my first association with Joe, um, and and boy, what a you know what a what a pleasure has been yeah. to yeah. work with him. So long. I don't make this long, but what happened is I, I ended up uh, managing the minors, 
there was a year when uh, Don Baylor was Joe's hitting coach in St. Louis. Uh, this was after the 92 season. And I was managing uh, in Richmond, AAA, and then, then I went to Puerto Rico. Well, anyway, Baylor, that was the year Baylor got, and this is good for Black History Month, this, this is the year Baylor got the uh, managing job for Colorado. Oh, wow. And and, and I knew that, and, and, and so there was an opening there with Joe, and I called Joe, did hire me to be his city coach in St. Louis. And Baylor went on to manage in, in Colorado. And uh, so that started an eight-year deal with, with Joe. I, I, I was there three years. He was fired after, after the 95 season. And then um, and I coached for him 93, 93, 94, 95. And then Joe, you know, got this, got this Yankee job. And and he calls me uh, to be his hitting coach, and wow. and that made me stay there from there in '96 to 2000. And uh, so that that was a wonderful, pretty good run. Uh, eight years, <laughs> yeah. 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 Joe 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 is you guys already know he's a Hall of Famer. There, there's no one uh, more royalty in baseball. Than he's a great Joe guy, no, class he's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful yeah. man. Yep. Yeah, class act. All the all around class act. That's are you, Chris Chambliss, former Yankee great, former MLB great. Fast forward to 2022, uh, Chris. Uh, the prospect of uh, uh, you know no baseball this spring uh, is are they playing uh, really playing a game of chicken? It's going to happen, or do you think that th- th- they're going to be locked out? The players and and it, uh, expand on that also about the money part of it. Yeah. I- you know, it's, it's really sad to see this, um, especially with the, the revenues that the game brings in now. Um, a lot of the things that we, we, as you know, I was, I came up in 71, so I I was there when the first strike, we were arguing about having a pension and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there's a lot of complicated issues now about revenue sharing and, 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 um, you know how to how to how to distribute all that money. It's, it's really a is a lot to it. Very complicated, but it is a shame that they uh, haven't to delay the season like this because uh, it's it's really a great game. They're trying to make so many changes to the game. It's, stupid. It's, Just stupid. It's, yeah, Just I, I, I stupid. can't understand. Yeah, me either. And, and, they, and they better fix it because between COVID and all the money these guys make now, uh, I think we're losing our, our, our patience. So fix it and go play baseball. I'll ask you this. First of all, you love Rudy Giuliani. He's coming up next. He loves the Yankees. So uh, want to say hello to Rudy quick, Chris? <laughs> oh, yeah. Say hi to Rudy. Yeah, that's great. He, of course. Was, uh, yeah, I, I knew him when, uh, as you know, he was mayor during our time. Right. That, uh, I was coaching right. there and stuff. So, so give me uh, so then give me this. I'm going to take the best. What was your best team? The '77 team, probably. I know '78 you won the World Series again. Bucky Dent had the big deal. But let's let's say the '77 Yankee team, Reggie's first year in New York. Put that team up against the team that won 108 for Tory that you were the hitting uh, the hitting coach for. Who wins that game? No, oh, no, not game. No, no. Who wins a series? Who and one game is too silly. Who wins a seven game series, Chris? Your seventy seven Yankees or the hundred and eight win Yankee team you were the hitting coach for? I uh, know it's I hate doing that kind of stuff, but uh we I I'm proud of our, our team. the way we played the game was uh, you know, I have to go for us uh, to win that, but 
one thing that I did, uh, as you know, I was hitting coach for those years uh, with O'Neill and and Bernie and Tino and, and Jeter and all those guys. And and uh, so, you know, they let me go after the 2000 parade, right after the parade. We won the championship 2000, and they let me go. And I ended up working for, you know, I worked for like 10 different teams in the minor, minors and majors. Including my Mets. But, but including I my always, Mets. I, I, was very, I, was, I was angry when the Mets fired you, too, just so you know, Chris. I was very angry. Oh, uh, the Mets. <laughs> well, the, well it, the, yeah, the Mets thing was a different situation. But what I was getting ready to say is, is that um, I refer back to, uh, from a hitting coach standpoint, uh, back to, to the way those guys approached hitting. You know, as you know, they, they were very patient, you know, all the all the hundred RBI guys, Tino and 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 Bernie and O'Neill, they they never swung at bad pitchers in, in in key situations, and they would wear pitchers out. They would pitchers would be throwing like they'd be throwing like a hundred some pitchers in, in four innings, right. trying trying to get those guys out, and then they would guys would take the walk, and then when they finally threw a strike, you know, it got hit. And I really admired the way those guys approached the game. They were very unselfish. And uh, and and really, that that's what led to them being such a uh, a great team, winning all those games. And and that was in '99. They had the, the, all those all those wins. One twenty-five. Yeah. Great group of, yeah, it was yeah. Really a great group of guys. Well, listen, Chris Chambliss, uh, you're a great guy and a terrific guy. Thank you for appearing on the Bernie and Sid show uh, to help us commemorate and celebrate Black History Month. Uh, class act all around you, you, you yourself, and uh, enjoy your weekend. And thanks again for appearing on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Guys, uh, have, have a nice day. It's good to talk to you. You too. Always great to catch up. That's a great Chris Chambliss. What a great baseball player, a great coach, and a terrific guy. Thank you, Murray Bauer, for helping out with that. We do appreciate that. And Chris agrees with all of us, me, Bernie, and Murray that the Yankees do all Roy White a day. I don't worry about that 271 nonsense. Give him a day. Anyway, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. That's the number to play Pete Bernie. But that's not until 940. Before that, coming up next, the world's biggest Yankee fan, the greatest team mayor, Rudy Giuliani, joins Bernie and Sid right after this. Billy Joel, the, the consummate New York song right there. But back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, speaking of the consummate New Yorker, we have America's mayor right here, a great Yankee fan, as we talked about earlier in the show. But uh, one hell of a statesman, this man, Rudy Giuliani. We're proud to call him a colleague here at 77 WABC. And he joins us right now. Good morning, uh, Rudy. Good morning. How are you? Good, buddy. Uh, How are could, you? Could be a lot worse, sir. Great. You still got that tan, Bernie? I haven't seen you in a few days. No, that's me, Sid. I am, yes, and I'm still okay. very, very, very tan. Very tan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bernie, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Mayor, Mr. Mayor. Good. Doing very well. Uh, it's uh, Great to have you. I'm down. I'm kind of down about uh, looking at these pictures of uh, Kiev. You know, I spent a lot of time in that city, and it's really odd. I, I know the buildings. 
And when you see war scenes, you know, you sort of see places that are wrecked and well, ruined. Well, 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 stop you for one second. Why did you spend a lot of time in that city? Just curious. I was, a, I was first of all, um, uh, Klitschko was my client. Okay. He was a private lawyer. Gotcha. Uh, and, and a friend. But he was a, he's a, a law client. Then when he became mayor, I gave him a lot of advice on security. I designed a um, emergency management center for the city of Kharkiv, which is now being attacked. Kharkiv is right on the border. It's a very interesting story. Kharkiv was a Russian-oriented Ukrainian city, right on the border of Russia. Probably if they had voted, you know, 10 years ago, they'd have voted to join Russia. When Putin attacked Ukraine the first time, and lied and said it was an uprising. It wasn't an uprising. It was it was just disguised Russian troops. They started slaughtering their friends in Kharkiv. The mayor, who was very pro-Russian, stood up against them, got a little militia together, and he drove them out. Wow. He became a hero. He became a paraplegic also. I mean, they blew off his legs. Oh, my God. And he hired me to build an emergency management center for them. It's also the site of one of the great atrocities of the Second World War, where many Jewish people were killed. They were sent out into the forest, and they were hunted down by the Nazis oh my God. as if they were like deer or something. You know, they were like, almost like a game. Aye. So there's a lot of history in Kharkiv. And, uh, and, and then they became pro-Ukrainian. I mean, they threw the Russians out. They wouldn't become part of the separatist territory. I imagine they put up quite a fight because they, they used to be pro-Russian. Sons and daughters were killed by the Russians, and now they hate the Russians. So they are really being occupied. They, if some part of that area of Ukraine wants to be Russian, it is not Kharkiv. Mm. For them, it's like being uh, uh, it's like being held by the Nazis again. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, this is so a these, these are innocent men, women, and children being killed. Yeah, yeah. I think it's terrorism. I don't think it's warfare. This isn't warfare. When you go into an innocent city. It'd be like somebody coming into New York and trying to take over New York. Right. No, I, we, we agree with you 100%. This is a cowardly terrorist, all those things. And it's kind of a, a lame question because you did work for the man, you're friendly with the man, and you tried to help the man and President Donald Trump. But unfortunately, even with the loss of life, Rudy, this has become a big political talking point this war because we had this argument with Bill O'Reilly just yesterday. The facts are the facts. If Donald Trump was still president... This would not be happening. This guy took advantage of a weak president in Joe Biden, and I know already you're going to agree with that assumption. I mean, you don't, it really was amazing. I mean, uh, I don't like it that everybody is praising how smart Putin is, but he is. I mean, you can be yeah. Hitler was smart, I think, right? Uh, he, he was. was but he, he, he uh, conquered all of Europe. You can't be dumb and conquer no, all of you, Europe. You, no. could, you, you could be murderous, a maniac and all that and still be smart, 100%. Evil genius. Yeah, so the way he played Biden, you could write a book about it. I mean, he he didn't. He was very careful. He made sure Biden is a coward. He, so he looked at Afghanistan, right? He said, okay, this guy's not going to do anything. But then he put all those troops up on the border. He was at about 80,000 when Biden said... You know, you better not do this. I'm going to have the worst sanctions in the whole history of the world against you. But no troops, no troops, no military. The minute he heard that, he got his answer. In fact, yeah, but- I thought maybe that's, maybe that's all he wanted. Uh, he wanted to see how weak Biden was, even for the benefit of Xi in China, to attack Taiwan. But then he played him out for about 
remember for about four weeks, Biden kept predicting every in two days there'll be an attack, in two yeah. days there'll be an attack. Wednesday it's coming. It was, Mike, yeah. he was torture. It's like he was torturing him. But he was he was he was convincing himself this guy's not going to get crazy on me and do something. Now with Trump, he never would have known because everybody goes around saying Trump is crazy. <laughs> a right. Russian once told me. A Russian once told me that the reason we won the Cold War is because the Russians thought Reagan was crazy. <laughs> right. So listen, they uh, just Reagan would attack them. They thought he'd get no matter what he said. They thought he'd lose his temper and just attack him. And that's what you want in your leader: uh, unpredictability, yes, yes uh, absolutely, respect, fear, that type of thing. Uh, to, to, to my next question, of course, yesterday Joe Biden came out. The president of the United States came out. And it was really an embarrassment. I mean, he, he, this display of feebleness and on the substance well, as well, on the substance as well, the sanctions. I mean, uh, not sanctioning, uh, not, not taking Russia out of the uh, the international banking system known as SWIFT, not sanctioning, uh, of course, uh, Vladimir Putin himself. I mean, this guy, do you think he's compromised Joe Biden? I, I mean, I, I almost can't believe it. Right. I mean, every fact would say yes. Right. So if I were doing a criminal case, right, uh, with China or Russia, and he keep I get he gives up the Bagram Air Base 400 miles from China, who the hell would do that? Uh, uh, plus he got 21 million dollars from. Him. So if I were doing a criminal case, I would say, boy, the circumstantial evidence is too strong that he's compromised. I just can't believe that any American would do that. And he's before he was before he was um, demented. <laughs> he, was, he was kind of. You know, I, I know it isn't funny. I know that every time I no. laugh uh, when I'm on this show with Dr. Maria, she says you shouldn't laugh. It isn't funny, um, but it is terrible. But I think it's possible he doesn't make the connection in his head. I hope, but in any event, it doesn't matter if he's compromised or not. He, I mean, he's what Gates said. He makes the wrong decision every time. Yep, every I mean, time. It's, it's unbelievable. You're watching this president. I'm trying to think of a right decision he's made on foreign policy. Not one. You can't think of one because it doesn't exist. So the question becomes, Woody Giuliani, um, and it's a question we've asked just about everybody. It's obligatory at this point. Do you think he stops here? Do you think he goes to the Baltics? He goes to Poland? Do you think that he's got his design no. set on going right around the world and getting as much territory as he can? Now, this, is a, this, is a, this, is a, this is a very, uh, I think, definitive prediction. I think I understand Putin well enough to know that he's he's a very very careful gambler. He did this very carefully. If he go, let's say he goes into Poland. I mean, he's right on the he's right on the. I don't know if people look at the map. If you look at Belarus, he has a whole brigade in Belarus right up against the border of Russia of uh, Poland. And Poland's got an army probably probably ten miles away. So he goes into Poland, and we don't go to war. America's finished. Wow. As a country. I mean, America's sure. finished as a country. I mean, we ha- we don't have a good choice. Nobody wants to go to war. But we have a solemn commitment to NATO. Sure. And, or if he goes into Lithuania or Latvia, or I guess the one they think he might do is Estonia because it has the most... The countries I just mentioned, Poland, Lithuania, and Latvia, hate Russians mm. at this point. They hate, and they hate him in particular. Estonia still has a certain kind of friendship with him and probably a heavier group of uh, ethnic Russians. So if he was going to go in anywhere, that would be the easiest start. But that would be the same violation of the treaty. 
we might as well tear up NATO if you don't enforce it, right? right. Yeah, no, listen, he would never, he, I, I predict he would never invade a NATO no. country Why do because he's, he's not suicidal. Because we would Why rain want hell a war on with all of Europe and the United States. Well, exactly. The man is not the Ayatollah. I mean, he's not a religious uh, nut who you know thinks suicide is great. Uh, he doesn't want to die himself. I mean, God forbid we had a nuclear war. You know, we'd put a bomb on the top of Moscow, which is mm-hmm. you know right. But the, here's where Reagan was so brilliant. Uh, I argued. I had the honor of arguing the case in the Second Circuit that lifted the injunction against the cruise missiles, which uh, Ronald Reagan deployed about 1985. And they were in in European cities. They were intermediate-range missiles, and they were pointed at Russian cities. Hmm. They even had names on them. You know how the Russians were quaking in their boots when he did that? I'm sure. And then all the media... ABC did a thing how Reagan was going to end the world and Reagan was going to cause a nuclear war. They forget now that they all predicted he was going to cause a nuclear war with his belligerent attitude. And, of course, he won the war without costing a life because he made America basically so tough, so strong. Uh, Other Russians told me that they described it as we spent them out of the Cold War. They couldn't couldn't keep up with our spending. Right, right. When we went to the, when we went to Star Wars, which everybody made fun of, by the way, but nobody notes the fact that Israel uses it now. Right? That's funny. Oh, sure, that's, that's funny. Yeah. The Iron cool. Dome. Yeah. In Star Wars, it works. Yeah, it, it really does. That the Netanyahu gave me a letter for Nancy Reagan thanking her, for thanking her husband for saving so many Israeli lives, and he's the only one that you know ever thanked him. Hmm. But wow. that, that helped to end the Cold War because. Now, what, is, what does Biden do with the defense budget? He, he increased it by 2%, which is really a reduction of 3 because of inflation. Well, that's a signal. Believe me, the Russian intelligence examines everything in the United States with a microscope. They're probably listening to us right now. <laughs> trying to figure out. Well, this, they're, saying, they're saying to themselves, oh, those guys, Bernie, Sid, and Giuliani, uh, Biden doesn't listen to them. They're, yeah. they're, 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 <laughs> lucky, no. lucky their guy's not lucky their guy's not oh, funny. <laughs> Listen, it's funny. the concept of peace th- through uh, strength uh, it is a very very valid Reagan and Donald Trump prove it proved it and, and you uh, and, and Rudy and too Joe, Bernie and Rudy too uh, oh absolutely what he did to New York that was all through strength great great example Sid you're absolutely yeah. right speaking of which just real quick we have 30 seconds uh, Mr. Mayor we're out of time your snap assessment of Eric Adams' tenure as mayor so far, two months in. Honestly, 50-50. There are things I like, good signs I see. It's better than de Blasio, but I see some real weakness, uh, not being able to really stand up to brag. The numbers don't show uh, – in fact, the numbers – right now we have more crime than under de Blasio. Right. Uh, he seems, he seems uh, kind of too much a politician. And too little a leader and too worried about, you know, what are they going to say if he goes after Bragg and what are they going to do? And and this whole thing on non-citizens voting is an outrage. Yep. Agreed. We agree there. That's awful. So I don't know. 50-50 right now. That's fair. That's that's better than zero a hundred, which was uh, De Blasio. Right, but but not. But by the way, but not as good as a hundred zero, which was you. Hey, uh, you or, should come. You should you should come on this show more often. We love having you. You love coming on. You should I come on more often. Are you, are you, I keep saying I will. I will. And I keep saying every afternoon or every other afternoon, it's the best 
morning show on radio. Wow, thank you. Well, you come every week. You guys, are, you guys are great, and I'm sure the Russians are listening to you. And you, you, you give it a fist. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be syndicated in uh, St. Petersburg. Probably so, Rudy. Thank you. Thank you, guys. They'd be really worried. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great appearance, Rudy. Thank you so much. We'll be listening at three o'clock this afternoon. Thank you. There he is, the esteemed mayor himself. He's really great on this show. We should put him on weekly. That's uh, Rudy Giuliani. Should right. Uh, we're going to play Bernie and uh, Sid coming up. Now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. Oh. It's time to beat Bernie. Remember I told you earlier this week with uh, Tom Bergeron, a host of others, I did that Zoom for this movie I'm going to be in. Yeah. About the almost stock market crash, 1963. Tino DeAngelis, the whole thing. Yeah, uh, Larry Legrano's in that movie. That's right. And that was out of Bayonne, New Jersey. Did you know that? Uh, I'm sure you told me, but I probably forgot right after. You care about anything I tell you? I'm just... Uh, listen, it's pick and choose with you, well, to be honest. I don't understand. Right. Well, our contestant in today's Beat Bernie game, Mark, is from Bayonne, New Jersey. So I thought it was an interesting link because I just did... The... Well, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe it's interesting to him. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he's from Bayonne. I'm, I'm not. Right, you don't care. Sure. All right. Uh, with that said, here's Mark. Mark, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Sid? Is that interesting to you, that whole movie story, or not really? Yeah, I'm a little bit interested. It's a little before my time, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. And, um, well, there you go, Justin. Once again, another example of why you're such a douchebag. Wow. Oh. Thank you, Mark. How old are you, Mark? Thank you, buddy. How old are you? I'm fifty. I'm fifty-three, Sid. Yeah, about my age. Okay, same thing. All righty, pa- fantastic. What's the uh, What's the best talk show in the whole country? Bernie and Sid in the morning. Ah, look at this kid. Look at this kid go. All right. Well, good luck in this game today, Mark. Thank you very much for that. And here we go. Here's number one, Mark. From 1936 to 1957, the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power helped operate what facility located in a neighboring state? The Hoover Dam? Yes! Nicely done, Mark. The Klondike Gold Rush of the late 1890s took place in what Canadian territory that borders Alaska? British Columbia? Wrong, you two-legged back of Anthony. Looking for the Yukon. In 1832, the Petticoat Affair led to the resignation of Andrew Jackson's vice president. Who was that? I'll give you a hint. Shares the name. Stewart. No. Wrong, you two-legged back of Anthony. I was going to give you a hint. He shares the name with a former great University of Connecticut men's basketball coach. Uh, you wouldn't know? That's uh, Calhoun. John Calhoun. Uh, 38 miles long and three miles wide at its broadest point, Seneca is the largest of this body part group of New York lakes. The Finger Lakes. Yes. <laughs> Got some horses up there. Finally, in 1970, an anti-Vietnam War protest at what state school in Ohio led to the deaths of four students? Kent State. Yeah, you did well. Nice job, Mark. You got the three right. You did a very good job. So let's uh, throw Mark from Bayonne on hold for a second and get back to the champ. What a week of shows. Uh, Bernard McGurk back and better than ever. Bernie, you there, bud? I'm here, Sidney Arthur. Four, you win, okay, buddy? Four. I like what I hear. Number one, Bernie, from 1936 to 1987. 36 to 87. Correct. 
The Los Angeles Department of Water and Power helped operate what facility located in a neighboring state? I would have to say the Hoover Dam. That's right. You both got it right. The Klondike Gold Rush of the late 1890s took place in what Canadian territory that borders Alaska? Yukon. Yeah. In 1832, talking about Yukon, the Petticoat Affair led to the resignation of Andrew Jackson's vice president. Who was he? Hmm. Andrew Jackson's vice president. Yeah. Talking Uh, Talking about Yukon. Talk about UConn. You're giving me a, yeah. a hint. I don't think it's resonating. That's all right. He was, uh, for a long time, the great men's college basketball coach at UConn. And oh, uh, Dick uh, Calhoun. His name was uh, Jim, oh, James okay. Calhoun, but this is John Calhoun. That, that's the answer. I got you. All right, so two out of three, you get the next two right. You still win today, and my all guess right. is you're getting the next two right. Here we go. 38 miles long and three miles wide. That's Justin Alex Penis. Excuse me? You want to start that over? Wait a second. Yeah, okay. Uh, did you hit the... Uh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Justin. Hey, now. 38 miles long and three miles wide at its broadest point, Seneca is the largest of this body part group of New York lakes. That would be the Finger Lakes. Yes! <laughs> And for the win, Bernard McGurk in 1970, an anti-Vietnam War protest at what state school in Ohio led to the deaths of four students? That would be uh, Queens College. No, it's Kent State. Bang! Bernie for the win. Final score today, Bernard four, Mark from Bayonne three. Bernie, quickly say hello to Mark. What's up, Mark? Hi, Bernie. How you feeling, brother? Uh, I could be a lot worse. Always good on Fridays. Thank you for asking. Uh... Hey, do you know the uh, Bayonne Bleeder? Do you, it, I do. I, I've had many um, meetings with Chuck Wetman. He's a good man. He really is. We've had him on the program, and uh, he's a regular guy. I know he frequents the local taverns in Bayonne, stuff like that. So I thought there might be a chance you would know him. But, yes, Chuck Wepner. Otherwise, by, by the way, th- Chuck Wepner, I know people know this, Bernie. You may know this. He is the inspiration behind what fictional boxer? The one, uh, Rocky. Rocky, yeah. That's one... correct. Rocky, exactly. yes. Yep. So listen. Chuck uh, how is it... a nice guy. Always approachable. Yes, indeed, indeed. So Bayonne is a, a fairly nice place, or is it a rough hood? Uh, it's a nice working, working nice. class town, you know, yeah. older town. Used to be mm-hmm. a lot of industry here, but that since has uh, moved away. But now it's booming again with new uh, development. No, it's a nice. It's it's an old Irish money, old Italian money, a lot of Italian money there. It's a nice. I know we used to. My father used to work in Jersey City for many years, and every now and then we try to escape the Holland Tunnel. We go through Bayonne on the way home, and it's a, it's a lovely area. It really is. It's very very nice. Uh, you did a great job today, Mark. Thank you so much for hopping on, and God bless you. Thank you, Bernie. God bless you, brother. You're in my prayers. I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much, Mark, on the Bernie and Sid show. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Give us a call. We'll close out the show when we come back. Beat Barney, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on seventy seven WABC.
Why did you call me last night? I see a missed call from Justin Ellick. What, what, I tell you never to call me, by the way. Why'd you call me? Because you called me like, oh, three oh. hours earlier. Okay, fair enough. So well, now we get to get uh, two days, Bernie, where you and I can go a full two days without talking about Putin, Russia, the Ukraine. How's that going to feel? Uh, I will suffer withdrawals. <laughs> not not hardly. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, we got to escape this. I mean, it's war. And listen, I don't want to diminish the suffering that's going on, the death and the destruction, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's just that, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, those things happen across the globe on a daily basis. But all you care about is Long Beach. Everything's fine there. You're no, great. No, that's not true. That's uh, not true. Kidding. I just, you know, I mean, the obsession that, that the uh, TV networks and this country, this nation has on I this know. particular, I know. you know, exchange. Even the, uh, the Ukrainian president, this just broke. He just said... Here's what he said. Uh, this morning we are defending our country alone. Just like yesterday, the most powerful country in the world looked on from a distance. And he said, Europe said never again, but here we are, the beginning of a war against Europe. I mean, uh, what does he expect us to do? I don't know. I mean, we, I mean, the sanctions could be stronger, but we're not going to send any damn troops. Well, that's what he wants. He actually, uh, Zelensky you're talking about, he actually yeah. he, he, um, said he's the number one target in the world today. That I am the number one target in the world. Uh, well, Zelensky. he is. I mean, if I you, you don't want to be, then uh, get on a plane. Right. I'm with and, you. And I, I don't want to sound callous. I really don't. But, well, you, uh, kind, you kind of do. But uh, I, I kind of do. Right? <laughs> no, but so, I was, no, in a serious no, my son comes home from school yesterday, Gabriel. And, uh, you know, the, the great thing about my son is that he, he, he asks questions. He wants to know what's going on, you know, and he... He's like, Dad, do we need to worry? And I'm like, no, no. He's like, well, what if they bomb us? I said, Stop. That was on my Instagram story this morning. Everybody calm down. We're worried about those folks. You wish them the best, but we're okay. We got bigger problems here, believe it or not. Uh, not maybe bigger problems. People aren't dying in the streets, but we got enough problems here to worry about, let alone halfway across uh, well, the world. Well, that's true. But the worst case scenario, things get out of control, yeah. accidents happen. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Putin has 6,000 nuclear missiles. And some some of them could, you know, he could point them at us. I mean, I'm sure they're already pointing oh, at us. Oh, come on. It's not going to happen, but the potential, not. it is possible. Well, it's, not it's, prob- possible. it's not probable, but it's possible. Sure. It's what happens when you get into these, these I, types it's, of I know. It's, it's kind of like what, ca- calling the fan with baseball trades. Hey, uh, can we trade Joe McEwing for Randy Johnson? Sure, it's possible, but it would never happen in a million years. Well, no, but if you didn't meddle the way to the extent that which we're meddling right now, That's true too. then it wouldn't be it, it wouldn't be possible. You're right. No, you're right. Uh, it's a good point. Uh, very good point there, Bernard. Bernard. All I care about is the baseball lockout. Fix that damn thing. They can fight all they want in Ukraine. Fix the damn baseball. Lockout. I want to make sure the Mets and Yankees start on time. They're playing a game of chicken, I believe, and I, I think it's going to start on time. So All right. rest assured, All right. you're going to get your balls and your strikes. Hello? <laughs> what do you got going on this weekend? Anything fun? Uh, yeah. I think I'm going to go uh, skiing. <laughs> get some rest. What a great week. Great to have you back. You're, you're, be- you're beautiful. You're brilliant. Look show's who's great. Look Thank who's you. talking. My man, have a great weekend. Give my love to Cal and the kids, okay? Same here. 
If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O law.com. Gabolaw, where winning is no accident.